Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. It is perfect, perfect, perfect. Welcome welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night, we top up the latest Panthers news and fan perspective. My name is Tony Dunn. Follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. We've got a great show for you tonight. When I say a great show, I got a question. Has Matt Rule learned his lesson? Has he learned his lesson? We'll be talking about the hirings or the new acquisitions to the coaching staff. Uh, that Matt Rule's made over the last uh, few days since we have talked, I guess, since Friday. On top of that, we've got some big-time NFL news. Big, 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 big news. Lawsuits happening. Collusion. I mean, exclusion. Ooh, collusion, exclusion. And uh, it all kind of dovetails somehow back to the C3 Panthers podcast. And I got my man, my co-host, Cody Lashney, to help me break it down. What's up, man? Tony Dunn, listen, man. We're uh, Today was quite the day for NFL news, man. And uh, it seems like we have uh, a good bit of luck of Tuesdays being that day when news ends up dropping, man. It's like the football gods knows that your boys are about to get on YouTube, get on Facebook, get on Periscope. And we're about to rap about our favorite football team, the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony. You already know them and love them. We have our man's Drew, ATX19, Brad Holt, Joey the Blind Panther, Kago Fort, Ted Sims, Thomas Tomlinson, Trap, Trill One, Tony. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The number is 252-228-5098. That is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the show, jump in the chat room, smash the thumbs up button, leave a message at, uh, like the number I said, 252-228-5098. We'll play it on the podcast. Um, Before we jump into the show, I got to say, um, good, I hope. CK, you feeling better? Much better. Amen. Amen. I say to you, welcome back. I'm glad you're back on the mend. Oh yeah. hundred percent, man. And it's uh listen, we have uh NFL news to talk about. Um, and I mean, we've, I think we're going to have to talk about the, the, what we've seen out of these teams in the playoffs. I know we're not, we're not playing in the playoffs and a lot of people are going to say, let's keep it to Panthers. But I think it's a valid conversation to be having 
when you see what other teams have been able to do and what their coaching staffs and what a good quarterback can do for a team on top of all of that. Um, I think we need to have those conversations tonight as well, um, as well as maybe rooting for a, a, a Jim Harbaugh uh, hire in Minnesota. So we'll talk a little bit about it, guys, uh, but I'm excited to get this uh, conversation underway. Joe Burrow, cold as ice, homie. And uh, Jim ice. Harbaugh <laughs> potentially um, moving out of the Michigan cold, trying to find a new job. I guess they, they say it's warm in Minnesota. I guess not for Jim Har- Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Greg, the Bat Daddy. How you doing, man? Isn't there a new Batman coming out like in two seconds? Yeah, yeah. Not not too far from now. Uh, about a month Is away, it I believe. Be good? Uh, it Should looks we be hype about good. it? Like, because all y'all, like, everybody came back from the Spider-Man saying like that thing was dope, dope, dope. I love all the Batmans, pretty much. Yeah. Like, even the ones people all- hate on, yeah. I would watch with you. Um, Is this going to be good? I think it is, man. I had my uh, my doubts at first, just because uh, the the way it looked. But now that it's looked finished, and I see kind of well, what's product, changed. Tell us what changed. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the suit, but the, uh, the the when I first saw it. But now that I've seen him moving in it and everything else, it looks a little. It, it I can kind of live with it. Um, I didn't know about Robert Pattinson as Batman, but it seems like he can play this role. So I kind I'm, I'm gonna give it a chance, obviously. And the fact that Matt Reeves is uh, is directing. Did you like Planet of the Apes? Yeah. The new, the, he directed those. So if well, you like the, those, he directed, he directed the, the newest ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those yeah. Were good. So, I, like, so I, down he, with, I was down with that. I thought all those movies were very good. Yeah. So he can carry a story and he does good with special effects. Like, so I, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. nice. But Hey, I'm I want to say, man, we, we have, you, we have so much news going on this week in the NFL that we didn't even, did, I, I may have missed it. Did anybody say anything in the opening of the show, about the Bengals are in the damn Super Bowl. Yeah. <sighs> The it Bengals gives us hope, man. Super Bowl. <laughs> like, it gives us hope. Maybe that can it doesn't give you hope, bro. What Why does, does it give it... you hope about? Tell me that, Cody. They have the worst offensive line in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, look. But they last year, much but, but, and, and last year, last year they were four and twelve with the first year quarterback who had his ACL and MCL torn to shreds. Oh, and by the way, the year before they were two and fourteen and earned the number one pick in the draft. Like that's pretty damn bad. And you know, uh, you know, especially knowing that uh, you know Matt Rule and I believe Fitterer are at the Senior Bowl, and they're looking yep. at these quarterbacks. They're looking at Kenny Pickett, who we need to have a discussion about. Sometimes we need to have a discussion about Malik Willis, and yeah, what CK just said—that Bengals offensive line, for my money, is probably the worst offensive line that I've oh, ever God. seen make it to the Super Bowl. Just- Oh, to the Super Bowl. To the Super Bowl. Like, when, when's the last Can't time you saw? I think a this is a poor. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think the the comparison between the Panthers and the Bengals is a good one at all. I don't. I don't think so either. Yeah. Right. Is that first you're talking about a organization that is all right? So our organization is less than 30 years old, and we've made a Super Bowl. Two Super Bowls and several playoff experiences. These mugs have not won a playoff game in like 31 years. You know what I'm saying? Like more time than we've existed. Yeah. And then they went three in a row. And like, oh, you're like, oh, well, they sucked two two years ago. But they also sucked 10 years ago and 20 years ago. 
So, like, saying, oh, they just sucked two years ago, you can turn it around. It took them no, 31 I, years to I, turn it around, number that, one. That, that's, number that's two. No, 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 no. And the other thing is this, is that you get, it's like you have the number one pick. You finally got it right in Joe Burrow. You got a guy that is cold as ice, as ice, homie. Because I tell you this, you put number one picks, put Kyler Murray behind that line, he would be done. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Joe Burrow, cold, bro. Yeah, Look, cold. Like it is like so. This is I just don't think it's like oh well they did it, so we should be able to do it. And on top of that, it took them thirty one years to do it. Right, right. Well, but that I, 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 mean, I kind of think that that's our points though. Like they're so bad, they've been bad point? for so long because they've been a worse franchise than even the Carolina Panthers for 30 years, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Like, oh. it, it shows you that you don't have to be a bottom-dwelling franchise for very long if you know how to play your cards right. Let me let me ask you a question. Why? What, what part of the Bengals did you think was better than the Panthers two years ago? Yes, and Tony? That's for you. I don't want to. I don't want to suck all the air up in the room. I felt like I made a good case. You, you, you did so make a good case. Is, like, is this a for me or against me, CK? What was better than? What was the question again? What was the? What was, what was better about the Bengals than the Carolina Panthers two years ago? Record. Well, not record. They were, nope. Two, they, look at listen. Listen. Okay. Go ahead. Make your point, and then I, I want to counter all this. Two years me. ago, the Bengals got the number one draft pick in the NFL because they had the worst record in the NFL. This is a good yep. point. God, right? You can't come in here throwing fucking bombs up in here. Right? And last year, they were a top 10 pick, and they got another they, – they were a bad last uh, year as well. Like, yeah. so, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, they have a poor argument. offensive line. They have very a very – I mean, I'm just – you know, that's my point. Right. Yeah. Just two years ago, like, name, it's such a beautiful, that is like the, all right, so um, in philosophy, like philosophers, they try to make these logical arguments that are like impervious to criticism. Right. And usually, yeah. like the best of arguments, you, ha you turn the actual argument on itself. Right. There's a great example of this. His name is wvo quine he made this he claimed he said this there is no belief immune to revision so he said there, like every idea can be revised right it's just every, imagine this every single idea could be revised it may it's like an impervious argument it feels like right and then someone just said this can you revise that belief and it just boom and that's what CK just did. CK put the argument on itself straight back to the source two years ago. Name one thing better. Greg, your turn. Let me counter this. Y'all are y'all y'all's look, when in doubt, zoom out, man. It's just like stocks. You guys are looking two years ago. Okay. Two years oh ago. Like the that. Bengals for the last 10 years have been a pretty damn good team. They made the playoffs six years in a row. Now they haven't won a playoff game. But a team that makes the playoffs is a pretty damn good team. The difference in the Bengals and Tony, this is where I was looking at it differently than you when I did. Mm -hmm. I think the Panthers are not like the Bengals is in the last two years, they've been in a rebuild and they've done it right. 
Oh. That's the difference. They have better coaching. <laughs> Another better to the argument. I'm, I'm telling you, man, the last two years have been terrible for them, but they've done it right. The only thing they haven't done is built an offensive line, which guess what? You have, I think, like the second or third youngest team in the NFL, like collectively. Uh, if all your guys are on their rookie or second year contracts right or second years right now, you've got a long time to be able to build that line and re-sign players. This team is moving. This team is going to be a team to look out for in the future. They've done it what? right. So I wouldn't say that that's why I think they're different than Carolina. They went in the uh-huh. right direction. We were in the wrong direction, but they haven't been a bad team the but last 10 years. The difference, right? the reason that I say there's optimism, which I think we have to look at, is for they did the a Bengals? rebuild for us. <laughs> oh, they did a rebuild. We about the Bengals in, and their optimism. They did a rebuild in there in the Super Bowl after three years of rebuilding, right? So wh- the reason I say that is because I think we all were thinking, you know, we're five, six years away. There is a, a real chance that the Panthers are rebuilding. And if we do it the right way, especially if this news about Jim Harbaugh and Matt Rule being gone, possibly uh, it comes to fruition, then I think there is real things to be excited about if you're a Carolina Panther. Okay. I'll, Cody, I'll, I'll it's count not your point that you said time. earlier. This is what I'm, when I'm watching these with, with the Bengals, Watching some of these teams, it turns out it's not about time; it's about players. Yes, yeah. So, like Jerry Burrow just completely changed that. Yeah. Look, he got sacked nine times and they still won. Like that's bullshit. First of all, like that is like well, that was the last wrong. That's not supposed to happen in the world. You sack their quarterback nine times and he still beats your ass. Yeah, doesn't matter. Like that's stupid. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. And then. On top of that, they went and drafted Jamar Chase. Right? Like, I mean, you could have known this as your franchise quarterback who we think is special, got his knee blown out last year because we don't have an offensive line. So what do we do <laughs> first round? <laughs> we draft a skill player. And then this mug, you think it's the dumbest thing. Actually, I would say the Bengals didn't do it right. And then you're like, holy yeah. shit. This mug then went and set the record for the rookie yards in like yeah, the rookie. history of football. So like you can't even say it, it was a bad move. Like I don't even understand I, Joe I Burrow. Move, That's man. all I say is this: is that Burrow is cold, bro. Well, how, how about this? There's there's a little bit of credence to both of your arguments because I can make the case that the Bengals did fail their rebuild. They took Joe Burrow and then they, uh, you know. You didn't have an offensive line to be able to protect him, and then this Nine year, times, and then this Nine. year, That's what's gonna you had the, the opportunity right to draft either Penny Soul or Rashawn what? Slater, and they didn't do it. And by the way, their offensive line was still bad this year. But Terrible. man, when you look at Nine when you look sacks. at this, when you look at, at what it goes to, and Tony's right on this. That that fran, I've said this a long time too. Your franchise quarterback is what dictates whether you are a legitimate contender to make a push or not. The best thing to ever happen to the Cincinnati Bengals was sucking bad enough to draft Joe Burrow number one. Let me ask y'all then, if y'all are optimistic about the future with this, and we asked a little while ago, what two years ago 
did the Bengals have better than the Panthers? I'm going to flip that. What in two years from now do you think the Panthers can have better than the Bengals? Because I'll go ahead and tell you, we're not going to have a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. We're not going to have a better wide receiver than Jamar Chase. Damn, um, and we're not going to have a better running back. If, why are you, you talking know, about Christian that McCaffrey shit, bro? I'm just saying, can, that, can that's we, why I don't feel like we're I'll following you, that footsteps. I don't think I'll tell you. Music, Thank God like, they're in the let's, other, the let's other look conference. At, let's look at the actual the history of the NFL over the past five years of quarterbacks. Yes, there have been some major busts, but let's talk about what there has been. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, yeah. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, yeah. Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Now you got to look at the people that could be potential with Zach Wilson. You got to yep. look at Cody's boy down in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Right? Justin I mean, Fields. So, so Trey Lance. Right. I mean, so to, to say that there isn't a chance that we're going to find somebody like that is these guys are being built different, dude. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. when you see these guys coming out of college, there is a lot more hits than there were misses a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, I think point. Tony can give me some credit on this too. I've said this for a while that quarterbacks and receivers coming into the NFL are now more prepared than they ever have been. These kids have been learning NFL route trees and NFL playbooks at quarterback camps since they've been in middle school. A lot of this stuff isn't very new to them like it was, you know, 20 years yeah. ago when you have a college player going to the NFL. So, uh, you know, I, I think people look at how much money um, these quarterbacks are signing for. And if you have the ability to do it, yeah, why not go be a quarterback in the NFL? There's a lot of really talented quarterback prospects that are in this draft alone. And I know I'm long-winded here, but if you look at that draft with Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. that was not considered to be a good quarterback draft going into it. They thought that it was a down year for quarterbacks. And, you know, at least two of those guys ended up being pretty good. So, I mean, the story is yet to be written on this current crop of quarterbacks coming through. Let's jump into Carolina Panthers news. We got some hires to talk about in just a moment, but uh, the latest story on Panthers.com, Q&A between Darren Gant and uh, Scott Fitterer uh, as we approach, I guess it's starting right now, right? Basically the Senior Bowl. Yep. Is it right now? It's close to now? I feel yeah, like they're doing pra they're, they're doing practices today. Yeah, so um, Darren Gant, who... Uh, I like him and his his humor sometimes. Like actually, a lot of times he makes me laugh. I thought this was an interesting question. When I say interesting, the lamest question I've ever heard. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> I really don't like this question. Uh, he said this: uh, quarterbacks will obviously be a big focus this week. Is this as good a group as has been at this event? That was the question. Is this as good a group as has been at this event? And what I don't like about this question, or what I hate about this question, is it's qualifying an answer right away. So right away, he's getting him to just say, no, it's not the best quarterback group we've ever heard. And he's given him an out 100% right. on this question to the beginning. And you can say that you're trying to temper the discussion and you don't want to get the fan the flames of quarterback lust. But this is like the wet blanket. I don't like it. So is this as good a group as has been at this event? 
Fitter's response was this. There have been some good years here. Justin Herbert was here just a few years ago. There's always good talent. It'll be interesting to see how these guys throw this week. We'll get a look at Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and all the guys that are here and get a feel for them. And it's always different seeing them in person than it is on tape. That's why it's important to see them. I like how we uh, mentioned Malik Willis first. That's interesting to me. But, geez, what kind of question is this? Like, no, I mean, like, what? No, Yes, it's the greatest quarterback group in the history of the universe. What kind of stupid-ass question was this, Darren? And I'm calling you out because you call people out, too, when they ask you dumb questions. I ain't trying to be mean about it, but that's it. I want a good question. Yeah, and uh, something else to uh, consider, at least to keep in mind, is you know, he had – I like uh, Fitter way better than Matt Rule because of how he answers questions. And I think a lot of times he's very forthright with their evaluation yeah. process and just how they look at things. Um, and, yeah, again, so to echo what you just said, he says uh, we'll get a look at Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and all the guys that are here and get a feel for them. He would also go on to say anytime you're in the top ten – You've got to think about taking a shot on a quarterback if you're able to, which is interesting because they didn't do that last year. But I digress. Right, right. Um, yeah, he goes. Uh, but there is a. And value now to- that we're all back, uh, uh, what our backs are against the wall. Now we're here, right? Having to yeah. do it. Now you want to yeah. do it, which is fine at this point. Like we'll talk about Pickett, Willis a lot, but now you want to be like that. Agreed. He also Continue. talks about position value, too. He says, but there is a value to position. Left tackles, corners, three techs, pass rushers, those are the game changers on your team along with your quarterbacks. A safety can be, but it's not always probably yeah. at that level. Uh, interesting. And then, Oh, do the, you think that's smoke for the guy that everybody loves? Kyle Hamilton? Yeah. All right. So what about this? What if you're coming out here and throwing a little? smoke shade on the safety position because you want it come to me baby yeah i, I don't know i, I think that? with how bad this offense already is this yeah. year we're, we, want this we want a quarterback we want a quarterback the other team will be like oh they're gonna take picket they're gonna take picket and then you get the best player in the draft according to a lot of people like a transcendent play he's the only player where people have been jizzing for him that I've heard out of everybody in the draft people go crazy on them uh, well can I ask you it sounds like uh, maybe it's just the, the the media that we're reading it sounds like everybody here is kind of leaning towards wanting a quarterback I thought a few weeks ago like nobody we were going to be mad if we drafted a quarterback I, I haven't ruled it out okay. my philosophy is you have to ju- judge every draft class in a vacuum you can't compare it to years before you have to look at the talent available to you in that draft. I think that's it, a wonderful it, point. Yeah. Like if you, I mean, like who's going to argue if, with that? If you go through these idioms of, oh, well, you have this and that, so therefore you can't draft this and that, or uh, traditionally these types of players don't do well because yada, yada, yada. Doesn't Whatever, it devalue man, players that are valuable shark. by accident? Well, and I, I'm I, I, thinking yeah, you're devaluing and, yeah. people and, uh, and valuing people by accident. You're not even meaning to. You're giving them attributes of 
other yeah, people. Yeah, and you're also looking at if someone that has the qualities that you're looking for in a quarterback. Right. So if you fall in love with Malik Willis throughout this process and you think that you have a franchise quarterback on your hand, well, you know, his numbers might not have been there, but if you feel like you can give him a set of circumstances that can cause him to be successful, then, yeah, you take a chance on a player like that. By the way, just last year, the 49ers did that very same thing in drafting Trey Lance, and but, I ultimately think that's going to pay off for them in the future. But the Bengals did that, and you said it was the wrong thing when they drafted well, Burrow. No, I never said that was the wrong thing. Just a little while ago, you said that they they did the draft the wrong way, the rebuild the wrong way. Oh, no, but as far as the offensive line, they had they got that wide receiver instead of getting a. So they got the And from a stereotypical perspective, most people are going to say you have to go offensive line right there. Right. But the Bengals didn't do that, and they went and got Jamar Chase, and that guy is. You know the the centerpiece of their offense. And most of the time, most of the time that it, doesn't yeah. work out, and getting offensive linemen right for a quarterback would be the safer, more right, you know, beneficial move. It's just crazy that Jamar Chase then went and had the greatest season in the history of rookies. Right, like he made Randy team. Moss look like Randy Moss even got to be quiet. And Randy Moss and who's and Randy Moss is like my favorite. Who's your favorite non-Panther? I have two of all time. Or yeah, current? like yeah, of all time. I've got two. Uh, yeah, like tough. I mean, like a player that you would fucking rock their drawers, like Shannon, like Sharp. an Anquan Bolden or Edron James or. A, I would say Shannon Larry Sharp. Johnson is up there for me, but those ain't in my list. I, I fuck with a Larry Johnson jersey, bro. Yeah. Which is a Chiefs. Man, if you're rocking the Larry Johnson jersey at the Chiefs game, bro, you dope. You cool as fuck. I don't know. There have been a bunch of cool ones historically, but I can't. Like, most of the players that I oh, think of are right. players that are. Mine that is are Randy Moss, right number one. Mm. Number one I, is Randy Moss, number two. And I mean, when I say one, it's like 1A, 1B. Randy Moss and Marshall Falk. Ooh, Marshall Falk's a good one. Like, Marshall, like give Marshall, me Marshall, these dudes. Yeah. Like, I love these cats, man. I, I would dope. say, yeah, I would have to say Shannon Sharp would be at least would be one of mine because right. because I loved watching him with the Broncos when I was younger. I loved playing Madden with the Broncos. Put when up I was like younger. 190 yeah. yards against the Panthers in 1997. This one Dude, game, he was amazing. I got the notes he, on it. It's a crazy. Yeah, amazing. Plus, I like listening to him now. Talk show. Um, Again, before 2011, before 2011, I didn't give too much of a damn about, about football. Look, then it's sticking this mine is, mine is more contemporary. Like, I mean, like, like you got some. I feel like you gush over. Like, yeah, no, were, but they're all, like they're all still playing. Is now. No, they're uh, all still playing now. Like, Aaron, so, okay, Justin yeah, that's Herbert. Fine. It's okay. Justin yeah. Herbert is like my fucking man uh-huh. crush, dude. That guy is a badass. Um, I think we both agree on this. I've heard so you mention this before. This so new. No, Cam Jordan. And I know you like him too. Don't lie. Yeah. Cam Jordan's a badass. He wreaks havoc. Um, and then uh someone mentioned it earlier, like Aaron Donald. Like, God, yeah. if you don't watch if you don't watch Aaron Donald shred a triple team to pieces and you're not impressed by that dude, like, come on, that's right. that's kind of right. hard to do, you know. Yeah, and then Joe Burrow. And then let Joe Burrow. We gotta get, we gotta play. We gotta do more fantasy coming up next year. 
Let's do it. I'll we gotta get it. us more into it. Me, re-enthused. We gotta get Cody enthused. Because some of my lo- loves in football have been from dudes that meant a lot fantasy <laughs> football teams and they mm-hmm. dude i'm a right, so i used to I like was... this guy a lot i mean there's a lot of people i root for too um Favre, man. one guy david boston i used to go yeah that was mine too david man when i was yeah. a kid and i've said this before too when i was a kid brett Favre yeah was so like, fun to watch yeah, holy mm. shit. You still yeah. love watching Brett Favre. Let's see. Guy. Here, let's talk about some of the people in the chat. People said uh, Emmett Smith. Yes. Uh, Matt cool. Knows Nothing said Ed Reed. Ed Reed's a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, defensive players. Ray LT. Lewis. I know that's great. Yeah. Ooh. LT was Sean, one for Sean me. Taylor. That's way old. Ray Sean Lewis, Taylor, man. yeah. I mean, everybody loves Sean Taylor. Man, hit like a Mack truck. I think of some other defensive players that were badass. Oh, all right, let's pivot. The number's 252-228-5098. We still gotta talk about the new hires, but before that, I got a beef. And it's with Panther, it's with the Panther Nation. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna talk shit about our own family. Uh, do it. Yeah, how about that? I, thought you were gonna I say don't NBA think movie. that Stefan Gilmore should have made the Pro Bowl. This oh, he year. shouldn't have. He's just, it's, no. listen, it's, it's like, similar this to is Mike. the most bullshit. And like, I don't even like them putting the graphic up for us. Sorry. Go ahead. TK. Tell me why. It's exactly like the Mike Tolbert, you know, getting into the Tol- Pro Bowl every year. It's just a recognizable name. Like, that's really what it boils down to. You know, like it, Luke was yeah. still getting into Pro Bowls before, and he wasn't playing at a Pro Bowl level there towards the end. I don't know. It's like I still felt like he was. Like Gilmore played like five games. And that was like eight games this year. Yeah. I know somebody's going to come in the chat. But he had like three good plays for the Panthers. He didn't. He was injured when he got <laughs> traded to us. And, and look, I mean, I think he is a Pro Bowl player. Right, I'm not, and he played well on the like interception on like two plays, like two interceptions. That's kind of cool. But that man got to the Pro Bowl and Hassan Reddick sitting at home. Yeah, I mean, look, I got a problem with it. I've been vocal about I've been vocal about Brian Burns making the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like yeah, Agreed. good for him. He's a young guy. He's talented. But it, it, again, the story of this it was season, close, though. I mean, he played every game and this and that. Like we can. This That's the story of the season. Of yeah, but he was all. not one of the best. Ed, he wasn't the best edge rusher on his he own team. He wasn't the best edge rusher on his own team. But you just said Hassan Reddick well, should, should be there. I agree, Hassan Reddick should, should be there. But it's like, look, if we're just being real. Thinking about the story of Brian Burns in 2021, it's more near misses mm-hmm. than him actually sacking the quarterback. Right. Now, you think maybe he can take that next step and those near misses become sacks in the future. That's what you're hoping for. But I don't know, man. Like It, it is 100% a popularity contest. And yep. it's been like this for years now. There's so many snubs every year of guys that deserve to go to the Pro Bowl and they're just either not on the right team or they don't play a position that's very popular. Um, You know, CK mentioned Mike Tolbert. I would even think of Trey Turner. Like, Trey Turner made the Pro Bowl a bunch of times and uh, Trey's past few years here in Carolina, we were like, "Mm, 
Is he really a Pro Bowl guard still? I feel so, like I don't you're know, just man. saying stuff. I don't think Trey Turner made it a bunch of times. Somebody looked that up in the chat. The like, past few years, years Trey yeah, Turner made a bunch of times. I don't think he goals. made it undeservingly. We'll see. All right. So, chat, look it up. Chat, y'all know it. Stat Daddy. Stat Daddy will look it up. You said that Trey Turner in his past few years. That's fine. I'm not saying that. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, What I'm asking is, did he make a Pro Bowl in the year that I said that? Trey Turner started to fall off after 2016. So, like, if he made a Pro Bowl after 2016, then I, I think it is on name recognition. And that's just on memory for me. My problem is this He's is not five. that Brian Burns made the Pro Bowl. Is that Stefan Gilmore shouldn't have made the Pro Bowl. I think there's an argument for Brian Burns making the Pro Bowl. There's an argument for Hassan Reddick to make the Pro Bowl. I don't think there really is an argument for Stefan Gilmore to make the Pro Bowl this year. I agree. So so uh, by the way, five time Pro Bowler Trey Turner from 2015 to Ooh. 2019. Yep. And those are the years that you And that's what I'm saying, man. Right. The, if that's Trey true, Turner, I don't yeah. believe that. That can't you don't believe be what? True. That this right in front of you. Yep. That's 100% true. Five, a bunch of I feel like Joe Rogan right now. Somebody else look it up. <laughs> um, I'm looking at it. He's right. Like, I mean, he didn't even play one year, <laughs> basically. Like, wait, now, wait a second. He wasn't even active. And he, and he was think. still the best guard on our team. So, Tell by me, the way, like, how many games I do remember he this. He was an alternate uh, a few of those years. Yeah, he yeah. definitely was an alternate. There were other people that didn't there ain't make it no or way. didn't go for whatever like reason. That, I mean, I feel like one year he was just hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, still the best guard on our team, just hanging out with us. But that proves our point, Tony. It is right. nothing but yeah, a popularity right, right. contest. I, mm-hmm. I can see that one. Jeez. Well, then that was a... You know what? He shouldn't have got... <laughs> that's all, that's what I was saying. Your point. All right. Um, look. Um, smash the thumbs up button. I guess the thing we need to talk about is the name of the show. Man, it is. Like... Uh, and why else would we name the show this? Did Matt Rule get it right? Did Matt Rule get anything right? Has he gotten something right? I think he may have, bro. No. I'm well, telling you this. This is crazy, crazy, crazy. He has an opportunity. It may be too little too late. Yeah. Seems like it. But he has made three hires. He's been filling spots. The Carolina Panthers got rid of Joe Brady. Got rid of Chase Blackburn. Pat Meyer and Frank Oakham. I'm pretty sure there's the names top to bottom. They have hired an offensive coordinator. They've hired a special teams coach and they have now hired um, an offensive line coach. All three of the names, a lot of experience. Uh, Camden, right? Hold on. I wrote them down earlier. Lost a piece of paper somewhere. Um, McAdoo, offensive coordinator. Tabor, Chris Tabor, special teams coordinator, and Camden didn't write down his first name. But uh, all three of them, like, probably over 40 years of experience between all three in the NFL. Yeah, Camden, uh, not only was he the offensive line coach for a lot of years for the Green Bay Packers, 
He was also the center for Brett Favre in Green Bay. Uh, they have oh, a bunch he of different. Himself? Yeah, he was wow. he was the center for Brett Favre, and then he went from playing for the Packers to coaching Brett Favre and wow. being on the coaching staff the very next year. Um, NFL Films actually put out a really cool video on Twitter. It's Aaron Rodgers talking for like eight or nine minutes about this guy and how he is, you know, uh, so beloved in the Packers organization. He returned back there as a coach with the Texans and everybody was coming up to him and giving him hugs and love and having all kinds of conversations with him. He's very well respected. Um, it isn't going to look great on paper because he's coming from the Texans and the Texans offensive line the past few years has not been great. And that's not a, that's not new news to anyone, but I I think it would also kind of be unfair to just judge him for the time. He only was their coach for one year though. Yeah. So it's not like he was only under there under David Culley. Go back and look at somebody pull up his resume, but I'm pretty sure he was only with the Texans under the David Culley regime. And to be honest, that is being associated with that Houston Texans team last year is a positive on your resume. In my opinion, they outperformed. They had a better season than we did. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that so? I think that, like, we can get caught in the historic narrative of what the Texans' offensive line is. But let's go back and look at the stats. I'm curious. What are what were the Houston Texans' true stats last year on, off, like, on the offensive line? And on top of that is, was he just a one-year position? Like, you can't associate him with those past years. Yeah, it, it would be unfair, too. Um, we're kind of starting over with all of these guys, you know, yeah. um, it, it's like a lot of people wanted certain coaches because, you know, Scotty Montgomery was with, uh, the running back in Indy. Was it Jonathan Taylor or, you know, even McAdoo being connected to Aaron Rodgers, you know, those, those players were incredible players. So now these coaches have to come in and do it again with a whole different set of guys. And I think that's the mark of a good coach is someone who has a consistent resume of, you know, making people better, inspiring them to do better every step along the line. And at least with our offensive line coach, I think we made a good hire. I'm really impressed with our um, our special teams hire, Chris Tabor. That's probably the one I'm most impressed with. The past four years in a row, he's had one of his special teams players make a Pro Bowl. Uh, which is really impressive. So that was probably one of the better hires that we made. And then, um, you know, McAdoo, as we've said before, he filled the quota. We wanted NFL experience. We want a guy that's called plays, and he has all of those. So, you know, and I think you've made this point a bunch yourself, Tony, is that realistically the Panthers did the best that they could have done given the circumstances that they Mm -hmm. found themselves in. Yeah. Hey, you were asking about the stats for the Texans offensive line. They were 29th last year ranked. Uh, He had five different lines. So they had, we were 31st. We were 31st. They were 29th. They had five different linemen to run block grade lower than 50. As a whole, they were the Mm -hmm. worst PFF run blocking team um, in the league. And they, uh, the only unit held lower than 55 points on PFF score. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't help. 
Yeah. Um, thank God the uh, Camden spent. Uh, let me see. Listen to this. Listen to these. He's fifty-seven years old. Um, was most recently with the Texans. Uh, he spent fifteen years with the Packers as an offensive line coordinator from 04 to 018. Um, that, that gives me a little more hope. Camden spent 2019 with the Browns, which I feel like the Browns last year had a good. And 2020, no, maybe it was two years ago. Didn't but the Browns when go did to the back? When did they get Chubb? I feel like Chubb was Chubb in for at least three years. Uh, 2017. Oh, yeah. So he would have been there. Uh, 2020 with the Chargers. And then the last year with the Texans. Played seven years. Uh, in the league with the Saints and the Packers, started fifty games in his career, like you said. Um, so I think if you look at this higher right here, and then you put you uh, add on to it the Chris Tabor higher, like you said, uh, four years with Chicago, um, really created a special teams unit that was probably like, or, or arguably the most consistent unit of the three sides of the football. Right. You know I mean? Like, you know, their offense has stunk defenses, you know, consistently you guys, you get Cordell Patterson, Tariq Cohen. Um, I mean, you really are like putting guys out there every year. They're doing a lot. So, he coached seven seasons earlier, Chris Tabor, with the Cleveland Cleveland Browns through, like, three coaches and had some good accomplishments there. And then you go back even further to the first hire, and that's Ben McAdoo, who spent um, a lot of seasons with the Green Bay Packers as an assistant coach, tight ends coach, this and that. And then he gets an offensive coordinator, has success with the Giants, and then has head coaching experience. If you just juxtapose these three hires with the way that um, Matt Rule first put together his coaching staff, I guess I got to ask, is has he learned his lesson? And what I mean by that question is, good God. I mean, he went from a guy that had zero coaching experience in the, in the, in the NFL and I feel like he's listened to the podcast, Cody. And he Did went it? out and got tons and tons and tons of football, pro football experience. There ain't one college, like I can't even find a college record on any of these mugs. Like they may even look, they even sniff college. They've I'm telling only you, been the pros. but it's like it's, pepper, you oversteered. You it's hard man. for it, it's it's hard for me to say that he's learned his lesson when it's like okay, he got a paper cut. On his finger, so now he went out and got a band aid for his paper cut. It's like, yeah, the past two years were so bad. Of course, he's gonna go out and get someone with NFL experience, especially when you know after that Joe Pershing report came out that most of the criticism that's kind of being levied against this team is that there wasn't enough NFL experience. So, yeah, did Matt Rule do the necessary thing? Yeah, like I just said, I think given the situation the Panthers were in. These are the best hires that we possibly could have made. Even though it doesn't wow the hair back on anyone, it's, you know, the best that the Panthers could have made. But I don't want to go so far as to give him credit saying that he's learned some kind of lesson. Um, to me, the only way I'm ever going to give him any sort of credit 
is when he starts to win football games and not a moment sooner because he isn't deserving of any of anything else. And frankly, you know, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second, but if, if ever there was going to be a scenario under which Matt Rule would actually leave the Carolina Panthers, I still don't think it'll happen. But if that scenario was ever going to come to fruition, it has a lot to do with what's playing out now with Michigan, with yep. rumors of Harbaugh uh, apparently being the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to interview him tomorrow um, to see how that goes. But one of the things that is also being reported is that the the Michigan uh, Wolverines, their preferred choice of head coach is Matt Rule. Why? Even in spite nobody's who's reporting. Why? Tell me who's reporting. So, Tell okay, me well, one person that's reporting that. Why do people? Want I don't this believe man? that. I like how y'all think I'm just making. Prefer- it up. No, Prefer- I don't think you're making it up. I'm just wondering why they want. Why anybody would want him. So, th- this is where uh, it's been reported on three, and everyone's running with this too. This isn't like uh, just some Michigan Wolverine thing. It, there have been multiple reports, and it is official that he is interviewing. Uh, no, no, no. I agree with that, but what is not? I got right. no problem so with that. that article, what I'm talking about is the preferred candidate right. is Matt yeah. Rule. I don't well, got I a problem you. with the Jim Harbaugh report. I ain't, and I'm not even like saying like you're wrong. I'm just saying I ain't really. So like, this is from that. How can Sam, that even be a real report? This is from right this now? is from that Sam article. Sources have also confirmed that Carolina Panthers coach Matt Rule is indeed on Michigan Athletic Director Ward Mandel's mm. wish list to replace Harbaugh should the Wolverines make an external hire. Rule is coming off a pair of five win seasons at Carolina, but he had great success at Temple, including a pair of ten win seasons. He led Baylor to an 11-win season in his third year, but finished uh, 2019 season with One. losses to Oklahoma and Georgia. So, how many and by the way, this is isn't this is out of nowhere. Is, truly, is that? Is I mean, but my, my thing is, Tony, is related. This, this isn't that just is, people okay. making making assumptions out of nowhere. Right. It has Maybe been rumored for a long are. time. It has been rumored for a long time that if the Michigan opening came up, that their preferred place. Or that uh, their preferred hire would be Matt Rule. It's also been rumored that that would be the job that Matt Rule would want if he had an opportunity to go back to college. So, you know, we can't just poo-poo this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that it's enough. I think Matt Rule isn't going to be our head coach next year, whether we like it or not. Um, I think it would be even below him to put this much faith in the future and hiring a uh, offensive line coach, special teams coach, all these different coaches, and then for him to just up and up and leave, uh, like the before the, you know, before the draft even gets here, that would be uh, that would take quite the set of nuts on Matt Rule to to do something like that. That uh, you know that brazen. yeah, it's gonna be hard. I don't think he's got the um, kind of capital that it requires to like dip out on an organization like that well you gotta keep i want i want to like is i need that like when it comes to like do you remember when nick saban did it i think nick saban didn't he win a national championship with lsu yeah before he left and i'm not 100 yeah, uh, sure with that yeah he won he won a national championship in 2007 
Oh, seven. See, I think he was in the NFL before that. What I'm asking, he went from, like, he left, he left, and he dipped from LSU. He did, like, Nick Saban has absconded in the night a couple of times. One was from LSU, one was from Miami, then he went to Alabama. But I can't remember if he won a national championship when he was chat. Y'all help us out with that. Um, I just don't think that Matt Rule has the winning capital, like, what is it where you're collateral, not capital, collateral to dip? You know what I'm saying? And, like, go to that job. Imagine if he leaves this failing job and then has a tough season at Michigan. That would be the and tough then another part. Tough, like, how, like at, at what point does Michigan even say the fucking process ain't working on huh, man? But at what like, point- I don't think he has a lot to work with, a lot of house money. Well, I mean, luckily he'd be going to a program that doesn't have to be rebuilt, right? Because Jim Harbaugh's already done that. So it, he wouldn't be going to a scenario where he's going to be at a high risk of failure, right? Right now, Matt Rule has a high risk of failure for this year under the Carolina Panthers. There's not very, there's not a clear path to success for him. And I think that pressure mixed with David Tepper's blessing, because I'm telling you now, I think there would be a blessing with this uh with that hey listen i wanted to come to you with your thoughts on on whether i should do this or that i mean i think that it's very possible and i'm not going to say it's likely but i think it's very possible we see uh we see this uh, you know this play out in the favor of of matt rule going to michigan if that ends up happening because i think david tepper right now i as much as he wants to you know we want we can debate this i think he's tired of it as well i just think it would be embarrassing to fire him but if he quits hey guess what he gets out of the embarrassment yeah, maybe so. I mean, do, do, okay, do you think that that it's like, okay, are you as confident now at Matt Rule being our coach next year as you were, you know, a few days ago? Like, do you think this is something that potentially really could happen with Matt Rule? If, uh, really? If there, if there is real report, like if this is real reporting saying that uh, he is a potential like that, and, and I think the reports aren't even saying that he's the guy. He, they're they're saying like he's one of the candidates they would like, you know. Right, um, yeah, so Man, it's like not no even contact. that. So, it's like the most. It's like the most distant connection you can make. Right. So I mean, I think that it's definitely more likely than I would have thought, um, just because of the you know the, the the implications. Like if Michigan wasn't open, then no, yeah, right. Like if it's that a, wasn't. An do you not think it's kind of a risky hire for Michigan? Not really. No. Uh, I mean, you guys have that much faith risk. in Matt Rule, like what he did with Temple and what he did with Baylor. Like it's, you're just gonna, and then he comes off of he's gonna run in the middle of the night from a challenge in the NFL, and he's gonna come to a program, and what is he gonna go out there? What if he wins nine games next year? You're like, uh, uh. It, you know what I'm saying? Like confidence. he's gonna be so much pressure on him to perform right away. In that type of job, I don't think not, I, if I was Michigan, I think it's a bad hire. It's not confidence in him being a, a good coach. It's one of the things that we've right. been saying this whole year. There is a real difference between coaching professional football and coaching college football. If he was able to turn around programs like Temple and Baylor, then he, by all means, should be able to turn around Michigan when you have the brand of a, blue, of a blue like blood college franchise. And he he has the ability to go 
and recruit just about any player in the country that he wants. Oh, you give him this man way too much credit. It's Michigan. It, I, I, I told this to my brother. Yeah, no, they're good. But like, I don't think Matt Rule got the draw that you guys are giving him. Well, I'm saying, listen, I told my brother the same thing. He's a diehard LSU fan. He didn't like Brian Kelly going to be the new head coach of LSU. And I told him, I'm like, listen, listen, the, the only thing you have to worry about is LSU is your brand. Any recruit that you go to, you say, hey, come to LSU. We're in the SEC. Look at our facilities. Look at what we are able to provide you. Matt Rule would be able to do the same thing at Michigan. It's a blue blood program. And again, when you look at how he was able to rebuild smaller schools, uh, I think it's a fair argument to say, and I've said it before, that there are certain there are certain coaches that are better coordinators than head coaches, and then there are certain coaches that are better in college than they are the NFL. And I could easily see that being the reason why they are high on that rule. Um, hold on, I got. I'm waiting through this ad. I gotta show you guys something. I can't believe you guys are so okay with rule just going. Oh, here it is. Sure. Why can't you believe tech, that? Tech, we've, tech, we've, done, we've done nothing but shit talking for months. I just feel like it would be a shame on um, Michigan for picking that. Yeah, like I don't think that's a good selection, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you um, got to keep in mind, this. there's been plenty of this. coaches that were college coaches that failed in the NFL that still went back to be successful in college. Hey, make sure the volume is muted. That's not good. Good time. Yeah, Brian Kelly thinks he's the man, dude. So cringe, huh? So cool. Who doesn't want to play for that guy, right? You're muted, by the way. It's terrible. It's terrible. Why is he grinding on this dude? Like your TikTok video makes these two guys grind. So like, hey, we gotta make this video with y'all looking cool. And by the way, I need you to hump this. It's terrible. He's, he's, he's grinding. Cool he's like in the club, he's grinding on his recruit. Stupid. Yeah. He and by the way, he like also it. TikTok, he, was, TikTok. he was my ice up pick one night. He's also doing like country accents and shit. And he's like from New Jersey or something. Yeah. Uh, Boston. Boston. All right. Let's um what else we gotta talk about. Don't worry, we're gonna we got a lot of stuff to talk about still tonight. We've got more to talk about the hires. I'm telling you this, I think Matt Rule learned something, Collars. Collars, Collars. Um, I think he learned that he tried to do too much new too quickly. Go back and listen to the show. I don't like to be like I'm a told it so person, but what we what I did one night is we went through. Do you remember the night I pulled up all of the people's resumes that were the coaching staff? It was like week twelve, like around the Joe Brady getting fired part, and I said, "Look, let's look at all these assistant coaches and see how much experience these people have." I argued that the problem wasn't just inexperience from Matt Rule, but like a collective inexperience. And not that 
bringing new talent in is a bad thing, but bringing everybody new in, like, it's like if you, um, you know, this company's kind of failing and this and that, and we're going to replace everybody, but we should have kept the one person that knew how to work the QuickBooks program. Like that would have helped. If we kept that person. Yeah. He brought in so many new, every, there wasn't any experience at an NFL level at all. Look at the whole staff. And now he's hired a bunch of guys with a ton of experience. Excited about Chris Tabor. I think this new hire, help me out again, James Camp Campen. I'm going to call him Camden. Campen is a good one. A lot of NFL experience. And even though we want to shit on Babe McAdoo for looking like Gordon Bombay and Mighty Ducks too when he bought his own loafer, and bought into it. Ben McAdoo has had some success at offensive coordinator. So we want to hear, has Matt Rule learned his lesson? The number is 252-228-5098. Uh, Cody, are there any other stories that I've missed as I pull up this uh, file, which I thought mm-hmm. I had pulled up? Uh, not necessarily <laughs> pertaining to the Panthers. There's definitely some big news stories we have not gotten Ooh. to, but... Uh, oh, uh, not let's save that. All right, let's let's have one call. Hold on. What is today's date? Two one two yep. one two one. Where is this? God damn file. Come on, help me call. out. No, I had to. I have to <laughs> export it. I have to export Dilly it. No, I gotta give the intro, bro. Call. Now you're distracting me. Stop. Talk, talk. Oh, yeah, it's my fault. Do you want me to distract you? Do you want me to talk or not? You're distracting me. Look, Greg brought a puppy. Who's more distracting, me or him? (laughs) Look at that little guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's the new one. He's Lucy. do better than that. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Yeah. Where did you get this dog? We just adopted her three days ago. So she's a little feist. Nice. What are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person you, feel? It feels good, like... Hey, guys, it's Joey. And, um... Y'all were talking about the Pro Bowl, right? And how, oh, it's a popularity contest, oh, it's a popularity contest. But the Pro Bowl is actually, it, it's weird because it matters, but it doesn't matter. The Pro Bowl matters because it's something for players to hang their hat on. It makes players want to play their best so they can make the Pro Bowl. And it makes fans feel good. Oh, we have eight Pro Bowlers on our team. Your team only has three or whatever. Which is probably something we tell the, Fal- the Falcons fans. So, in one way, the, the game itself is bullshit. It doesn't matter. I mean, we all know that they... they it's kind of like a preseason game. In the fact that they, it's like vanilla and all that stuff. Because, well, a lot of these teams... A lot of these guys are on like playoff teams or whatever, and 
Like, you know, if they get hurt playing the Pro Bowl, which is basically a popularity contest, then, like, it hurts their actual performance. But the Pro Bowl is important because, A, every player wants to be in it, and, B, every team, every fan of every team wants literally the max number of Pro Bowlers. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. My man knows how to get to the end of a call with the round, round, round. I'll tell you this is, yeah, I agree with you. Is the Pro Bowl mean something except for when we when we vote for people like Stefan Gilmore to make it? But and I know, have... like you want to you want to flex your fanhood on it and say, oh, we should vote for the people. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna vote for him, but this and that. I guess I'm gonna vote for a lot of other people. He shouldn't have made it. The only reason he probably players, got a bonus. I bet you this. Everybody got a contract bonus up in that's, there. That's I was gonna say that's and the so, reason. Like I cheer for him for that. Like I'm glad he got that money. Yeah. Right. But, but that's the that's the reason them cats really want to make a Pro Bowl. But if we're bonus. giving it out to people like this and that, that kind of sucks. Well, there's there's two reasons. It's for the bonus, and it's because if you think that you're going to make the Hall of Fame, there's no way you're doing it without multiple Pro Bowls. Right. Well, true. Though. Those are the only two reasons mm-hmm. that a player wants to make the Pro Bowl. Has nothing. They give twenty percent of those games. They don't care. It's then a we show. need to change the way the voting is. Yeah. Seems like like you guys said, popularity <laughs> contest. It, it is um, also like, I mean, familiar, you know, we're talking. It almost is a familiarity contest, not a popularity. It's just like, what names do we know? Well, but then, you know, you have guys like Justin Herbert who goes this year, who is very deserving. And no, you're right, because look, you know who wasn't nominated to go to the Pro Bowl this year? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got looked you're over. Kidding. Yeah, he, he didn't you're get kidding. a Pro Bowl. So not, he didn't, but not, but be, let's be fair be about it. Let's be fair about it. Look at who's in the AFC. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Josh Allens. It's the Justin Herbert. I mean, the AFC is stacked. With quarterbacks, yeah. it it's a really tough thing to get. But damn, I think the gripe that most that people is pretty had dope. Was, was Lamar Jackson got into the Pro Bowl over Joe Burrow, and if you compare what they've done this year, Joe Burrow was by far the better quarterback this year. I'm not saying Lamar. I'm not saying Lamar isn't deserving. I'm right. saying you're not going to tell me that Joe fucking Burrow, the guy going to the Super Bowl right now, isn't deserving to be a Pro Bowl player. I'm going to. Would you be saying that? That's what we were talking football? about earlier. I feel like we're having the same conversation now. I'm on the other side, and wait, I wait, am wait, a supporter wait, of you. Yeah. Would you ask me, Greg? Would you be saying that if he wasn't going to Super Bowl, if he'd like, if he'd lost an AC Championship? championship oh yeah. He still feel oh like yeah. That? So it was yeah, an overall dude. performance. It's not a in the moment thing. Yeah, I mean, you okay. look at what he did behind that offensive line and all yeah. the numbers that you put up this year. Yeah. That guy is a, is is a Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. and you know we're also uh, we've you know Tom Brady retired today too, and part of that legacy is you look at how many Pro Bowls that guy was voted to. It's like if you're a football player at the end of your career, the more Pro Bowls that you have on your list. Dude, that's that's oh you know, yeah, you gotta have a lot. Yeah, man, it does yeah. help, but but it does default helps the like, Hall of Fame. It depreciates the value to me. Like I'm starting to wonder, you know, if I go back and I look at these people and then they got seven Pro Bowls on roll, did road, did they really deserve it? Or just did they we just know their name? 
You know, yeah. I mean, so this is like, yes, you have to have that, but that also sucks because dude played less than a whole se- like a half a season. It feels like he played a half a season, had two picks, which were great, great. But like, I'm sure there's got to be other corners out there that had more, pro- you know, for a long term of the season, more productive. But who knows? yeah, uh, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey, this is Cameron Charleston. I've been seeing a lot of like mock drafts lately, having us taking you know a quarterback with our first pick in the draft, and I'm just like, why can you pick it? And like, well, to me, they're second round quarterbacks. Like they said, I hear a lot of people say, "Hey, last year they would have been second round." So why would we take a top ten with them? I'm just, if you want to trade back and get them, that's fine. You know, trade back in the first round, get a second round, use it on them. Cool. But on the first round, no, no, absolutely not. I'm sorry. We all saw Patrick Mahomes, you know, and fucking Allen, and Josh Allen fall out in the playoffs. So we're all quarterback thirsty. Y'all just, oh, just give me a fucking quarterback. No, don't be desperate. Don't take the fucking first quarterback that comes your way. Just like you want to take the first woman that comes your way. Do your due diligence. If you like him, love him think he can be a Joe Burrow can take him. But I don't see Joe Burrow on these dudes. I don't see Patrick Mahomes. But you know, I could be wrong. What do I know? Thanks. Peace. So I am dying to get into my quarterback evaluations and on this on this uh on our YouTube page and yep. on this podcast. I want to dive into some film of Kenny Pickett and of Malik Willis. And that's why I said earlier, you have to judge every class on its own. And I mean, if I'm just being honest with you, if you look at the physical tools and the skill sets of a Kenny Pickett and a Malik Willis, if I'm being honest, I like them both more than I did Matt Jones last year. Because I think you can make the argument that Matt Jones, you are looking at what kind of player Matt Jones is right now. That is, you know, maybe that's he might ceiling. get a little bit better. Yeah, that's his ceiling. What are the chances that uh, Matt Jones is ever going to be able to turn it around and do the kinds of things that Josh Allen is doing? That's not very likely. Whereas you can look at Kenny Pickett. You can look at Malik Willis. You see the, the agility. You see the arm talent. And there's there's something there. So I disagree, Kevin. I don't think that they are second-round picks. They're definitely first-round players. But, again, we're just going to have to judge whether or not they're worth it at six. And do we want to trade back to try and draft a quarterback? And if that quarterback would still be there. Now, that's not even saying we have to go quarterback. I still think there's a bunch of good options available to us. But, man, uh they can definitely make some big time throws and they can do all the things you want a young quarterback to do. So I'm not in favor of it yet, but I'm also not against it either. The Falcons are going to be looking for a quarterback next year, I think too, aren't they? So yeah, we might be facing one of those guys. That's problematic. That is a great point, Greg. It, maybe even the Bucks. The Bucks. Well, I mean, they may not trade. They're not the draft. Well, board, they're behind. They us. Don't worry. We don't got to worry about them. Yeah. No, the, don't the Falcons. Say that. Uh, what's the, are the Tony, uh, where are the Falcons at in the draft? They're not far behind you, us. You know better than to say the Bucks are going to be out of this. Look at look 
let's look at the Bucks oh right now. God. They're on. Look, then they can trade with us. They can no. trade with Hold us on. their pick. I'm not saying out they're drafting the quarterback a quarterback. Race is what we're talking about. I'm not saying no, they're drafting I mean a quarterback. Out of the quarterback drafting race. I am telling you, race. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, all right, Rogers I agree with that. What Minnesota. I'm not, what I'm saying is, we don't got to worry about them. We're not Minnesota, Denver, jumping Denver. our draft. Aaron Rodgers. It, that I would have agreed with that had Tom Brady not retired. The Falcons are at eight. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Had Tom Brady not right, so yeah. fine. So we're yeah. fine. We're ahead of them. All right. So here's the thing is, all right, I got a strong opinions on this. Um, I hate the I hate all this speculation. Right. Like it's exhausting. <clears throat> we're going to be exhausted by the end of all of this. But I tried to make an argument several weeks ago about how Matt Rule could potentially find a pathway to keeping his job. And I thought that that pathway has to be with securing a quarterback uh, for the fan base. It might not even work out. It might not be the best decision. Who knows? But, like, I just don't feel like you're going to be able to draft a left tackle or do whatever you can without getting a quarterback in free agency or the draft, and Matt Rule have his job next after next year. Right. Like, it doesn't matter even if it was the right move. Like they have the best left tackle in this and that. It's just only going to incrementally change the excitement base and the about the team. So I do think that quarterback is really in the picture as drafting in the first round. I agree. I've been saying that this is a legitimate pathway. I also agree one hundred with I think we can diminish like I've been asking that question, Cody, for a minute, is who's better or against Mac Jones? Pickett or Willis, you know, like are yeah. these guys less than because everybody said last year's quarterback class was fucking the best one we've ever seen in the history of the world. In the last in the year, you know, but what I'm saying is this is that yes, that class may have been one of the best of the class, but that that doesn't mean that our the best quarterback from this class can't live up this to that year thing. is right. not the third best in that one or the fourth best ahead of Mac Jones. Well, yeah. are they better than Trey Lance or, or Fields? Is the question? Well, we got either one even of them if last they're year. not, even if they're not better, even if they're comparable, okay, or in the like ahead, you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if those guys would have went top four last year, yeah, and and Pickett's in this one, and Mac Jones is who you're picking the first is the question. Who you pick it in first? Um, my ultimate, the last point I want to make about this is I got a yeah, I get a slightly. I won't say irritated, but people who say, look, I like Pickett or I like this guy, but I don't like him at six. I like him at 11. Or I like, right. So if, if what, what if you say this is like, um, is really getting one extra pick and, and Pickett working out better no. than Pickett not working out? Or is Pickett getting Pickett in the second or Malik worker? Like, is like, if if Malik Willis is the guy you think he is, honestly, you should pick him at you could pick him at six, and he yeah. becomes that guy, right. and it's worth that pick. So I don't like this. Oh, I like him. Like, it's like I don't want that car because I don't want to pay an extra two hundred bucks. So I'm gonna get this other car over here that I like less. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, it, we're going to be doing Does that. that make sense? That, Am that, I making crazy talk? Is, is it no, crazy No, no, you're not. You're not. Okay. I, I mean, like, if, you know, one of the things that just pick them. Kind of gets lost that, is that we're, if you consider that we might not be as many pieces away on the offensive line as people are making us out to be, then, yeah, you, you take a quarterback, you try and get one good free agent and, you know, in this free agency round, sign some of your key guys and just stay put. Just stay put where you are and draft the player that you'd like. And it is a good point that was already made. The Atlanta Falcons are picking number eight. So if you have a guy that you identify as a franchise quarterback in this draft, don't get cute. Don't let him go to the division rival. The Washington Pick football team's picking at 11, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. My thing is this, is that if you really think Pickett is, or pick the name the name, I don't care who the name is, if you think they're going to change your franchise and they're a second-round pick and it's a quarterback, a second-round pick that's going to change your franchise is really worth a first. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean at the end of the day, the is you're like, oh, well, I wish I wouldn't have paid this much for it, but it's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I if you don't if you don't like them at six, but you like them at thirteen, then we shouldn't be picking them at all. That's yeah. what I would say. I agree. Is that personally, when it comes to a quarterback, if you're like, oh, I pick them at thirteen, but I wouldn't pick them at eight, then I don't want that mug. I want somebody that I want to be like, I'll I'll trade up for that dude. Right. A person in the chat just just uh, asked a good question about is it a good time to trade C and CMC, and that actually makes me wonder: what if just putting it out there they they traded CMC for a serviceable offensive lineman and a draft pick, maybe like a second round draft pick? Would y'all think that would be good? And th- that would make me feel comfortable about a quarterback, even though I would hate to say bye to CMC. That'd give me a little more confidence about picking a quarterback. Honestly, first. the way that Christian uh, Christensen played at the end, I'm not as uh, overwhelmed by our offensive line um, as I was, uh, especially given that um, I think with the Saints' uh, troubles and the fact that Sean Payton's not there any longer, um, I could see them, uh, you know, there being some offensive tackles on the market that we could go after as well. Um so I'm not, I'm not like, I wouldn't be as upset. I know I was so hard nosed. I think about you gotta keep Christian baby. Yeah. I think so. I think so too, man. It's like, at this point, you might as well just run it with, with, with Christian. It's like, if we're going to have, we know that the quarterback position is in flux. Either we're going to have a rookie quarterback or we're going to bring someone in. It's like, well, damn, you might as well hope that Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and right. just let him play. Yeah, it, it, adds, play. Oh, it adds to your current offensive arsenal. Exactly. Yeah. Give these dudes the weapons they need. Christian McCaffrey helps. And trading him away doesn't add immediate value. It just won't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're Good. What if you trade yeah. him away for a, for a franchise left tackle for the next 10 years? But you're not. All right, who's going to be? Who's, yeah, nobody's no gonna trade I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you trade for a You're franchise. Trade I'm a saying, what if you trade? Pick. I'm saying, but by the you, time it pans out, your quarterback's dead. No, what I'm saying is, what if you you trade and you get a draft pick that you get that franchise left tackle? Is what I'm saying. Right, but your quarterback is dead by the time he really becomes the franchise left quarterback. I think Christian McCaffrey keeps your rookie quarterback safer. 
Okay. From day one, then a Give rookie a left blanket. tackle does. Okay. You know, because you're not. And and what I mean by that is you're right. It, I, it's kind of the Bengals argument. Look at what they did. It's like, yeah, he got sacked nine times, but this dude also had a receiver that blanked everybody. Mm-hmm. Having Christian McCaffrey back. would take a lot of pressure off a rookie quarterback okay. for a full season. And you're just yeah. not going to get a lot of value out of Christian McCaffrey. Like if you trade Christian McCaffrey, like, yeah, you could say, oh, we're going to le- get a future left tackle maybe, but you're not getting a top 10 pick for him. True. No. Yeah. And, and you're not really again, saving a lot of money either. That's the problem. The money is sunk. We might as well just live out the life of this loan right here and get, and try to dog him out. And, and I then, don't think that, I think that we're getting overly shook by the, Injury narrative by Christian McCaffrey. I think we're overly shook by it. I think yeah. Christian McCaffrey, he's soft tissue injuries. He hasn't had a lot of like major surgical shit that's going to fuck him up for the long run. I think he comes back next year. We put a good line together. We give him some offense. This mug can be, he's trying to get another contract. He ain't trying to quit. You think this guy's trying to quit and retire? No. I don't no, think. I, uh... I think. I believe I think we've overblown the injury narrative. Hmm. I just had it. There was this uh here it is by trap. Uh Brady, you know, put Brady at left tackle, Deontay at guard, quarterback in the first, center and guard and depth with the fourth rounder on, tar- target someone like uh Alex Lindstrom from uh uh from Boston College. This senior bowl is going on right now. There's a lot of really good offensive linemen currently participating in that. The hmm. Panthers don't have to be as far away as maybe even we have made ourselves out to be, um, you know, right, even right. earlier. Yeah, it, it even earlier like we have week. a mountain to climb, but maybe the mountain isn't as far. You're right. Uh, hmm. One other question for you, and don't answer it to think on it question. Mm-hmm. Um, if this team can't get the primo primo name that you want and they're hesitant, which we've seen them at that six, eight range to pick a quarterback and say Matt Rule gets worried about the dude's measurables, is is it Derek Carr? The Raiders car. I always confuse him with his brother. The car yeah. isn't this. Is like to me, I feel like that is one a mold that would like the typical player that Matt Rule would like. He's like the Matt Stafford, you know? I mean, he's kind of a Matt Stafford-ish type of prospect, like a name, a veteran, success. I actually like him, though. I think he's done a lot of good things. So think on that. It's like it's not the worst name I've heard. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, it's Abby. I called in a couple episodes ago and forgot to leave my name. Uh, so I'm sorry hey, about that. I'm You're calling fine. to talk about a receiving core and a running core because I think a lot of emphasis is being placed on the QB and the O-line as it should be. But there's also some serious issues on the rest of our offense that I think need to be addressed. But at this point, I feel like we've kind of talked the whole line and QB situation to death. And it's like, yeah. obviously, our QBs are running through their progressions too slowly. They've got poor vision on the field. They've got difficulty escaping pressure, and they can't make accurate throws, especially down the field. But there's also some troubling things with our ball carriers. So if you take a look at the film, a lot of the time you'll see that even when there's time in the pocket or when the QB is scrambling, receivers are not open and they're not, you know, trying to come back to the QB yeah. to get open and they're not, they're just not getting open quickly enough. So yeah. there's also an issue of them not making blocks 
when they need to. Like, we know DJ isn't too good at blocking. Robbie's okay and getting better. And I, But I saw a film the other day where DJ was running a drag route, and Amir just completely failed to block his man. And so DJ got walloped in the backfield. And I think that's part of the issue that Cam was describing when he said that not everyone's doing their job and not everyone's buying in. And plus, we know we also have a problem with drop. So I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a talent thing or a culture thing, like not being willing to fight to the end of the play to get open or to come back to your QB when he's scrambling, not being willing to put your body on the line to make the block. Like, I don't know what the issue is, but I was hoping to hear your thoughts on that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for everything you guys do and keep pounding. Fantastic call, Abby. Uh, And I I love everything that, that, that she said because to me, Abby, yes, it is coaching. To me, it's it's systemic. I think we have too much talent, even on our wide receiver core, for opposing defensive backs to be running the routes for them. And, you know, we were saying that earlier in the year, too. I think that's why a lot of people were calling for Joe Brady's head, and they were kind of happy when Joe Brady got the ax. But um, there's a lack of toughness on our offensive line and, and, and at our receiver positions. And when you hear Matt Rule talk about the uh you know the uh the system and you know uh, everything's working and everybody just has to believe in the system that he's implementing well it's supposed to be tough hard-nosed football and it seems to be everything but tough hard-nosed football um and again i had to jump around here but this is also one of the criticisms that uh i've had with dj moore in his time being here it's part of the reason why i don't believe dj moore is a true shut down number one wide receiver in the NFL. Mm. Hold on before you interrupt me, because when you watch two badass number one wide receivers in the NFL, they run their routes with aggression, with anger, and they can cut on a dime. Especially when the teams are down, you don't see that kind of wherewithal from Panthers receivers. Abby even made the point. They're not running back to the football on scramble plays when Sam Darnold would have to scramble out of the pocket, which was Bro, almost every all the play time. is a scramble play. There is every not a play lot, is a scramble There's play. not a lot of complimentary football. And to me, that goes down to the identity of this football team. And Matt Rule is not doing a good job at getting everyone on the same page. There is a lack of understanding of what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, to me, that's from the top down. Maybe McAdoo changes this this year with some better route trees for our receivers on some different plays. I don't know. I can only hope. Um, but, yeah, that was a fantastic call, Abby. I agree with everything that you said. Very poignant. Bro, you're um... – you first are hypercritical of DJ Moore. No, I'm not. <laughs> hypercritical. It's like so hyperbolic amount. Like, oh, he's either the got to be the greatest receiver in the world or we shouldn't even be talking about him. He's soft. Um, He's talented. Look, is soft. that a lot of these, all these comments are right. There's so many good points to, or observations, right? Not trying to knock on the observations, but I'm, I'm going to give this on, um, at least when it comes to DJ Moore, I don't think we can get this same. Um, I think the criticism angst is probably going to be a little bit at Robbie a little bit more this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at least DJ's yep. been productive the whole time. Um, you got a, a long season where DJ's been putting his life and on, on, on body on the line. 
This poor guy been getting lit the fuck up his whole career. Going to get making catches across the middle. You go back to this is that one of the biggest criticisms of the Teddy Bridgewater season was like people we were calling up and they were like, man, he almost got his ACL torn. I've seen DJ Moore get his ass blown the fuck up over and over and over making catches or going after the ball or trying to do extra. So I do, and I have seen him go down early before. I've seen him go to the ground early, yes. too. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I've seen that. But I'm trying to feel like this, is that if you ask somebody to play hard on every single damn play of the season, like, and they're out there doing this, and Sam, like, I mean, he's exhausted probably at some points. I don't know if it's a dog thing as this. Is this like, I got to survive to the end of this game, homie. And you guys threw me out there and did this. It's just hard for me to be like, oh, he's the running the laziness. He's doing this. And then, like, John Miller just lets a guy run past him without even I touching mean, no, him. So, no like, I mean, yes. Is that, like, yes. Are there plays where he could be sharper? Could he be more tenacious? I'm sure there are. But I'm Jesus Christ, so he's many- the most tenacious mug on our team. Fine, he can be all of those things and still not be a true shutdown number one wide receiver. Right. However, how many times have you seen DJ Moore put an opposing DB in a blender? I'm talking just dice him up with his route running. But all aren't... of DJ, all of DJ Moore's, ba- all of DJ what. Moore's biggest plays are over the top and across the middle where he can get yards after catch. That's the kind of player that he is. No, nah, they're and that's actually not, a, that's not, not across the middle. They're like either. on the three. They're like a three-yard route that <laughs> then turns into 27. Yeah. He's a yards after the catch receiver, which is different sure, from being, sure, from being a route runner. To me, if you're a number one wide receiver, your routes are surgical. And yeah, but- DJ just isn't, isn't that. I'm not saying he's bad. He, he's the best we have. I mean, there's not 32 number one receivers in the NFL, and there's 32 teams. So, I mean, not not everybody. There, There's probably seven or eight elite guys that you could put in that category. He may not be the best one out there, but, I mean, he's still a pretty decent wide receiver. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. Look, what I'm just saying is this, is that, like, how can you be a precise route runner when you run, when you're the guy they go to out of 10 out of 10 times, nobody else is doing anything, you're leaving me out the dry. You're getting, I'm getting blasted, and then you're coming back to me. Like, nothing's going right. Like, yeah, it's like, I'd love to run better routes, but y'all bitches ain't doing shit either. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, yeah. this guy's put, like, it's like, how is he going to work on his routes when they're throwing the ball over the play? I'm like, God. Team, I'm just saying this is if look, that's not the name that comes to mind. When it comes to the team not performing, that's it. Uh, there's a lot of DJ slander in this world. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. So, like I was saying, man, it's Corey calling in the second part of my call. Oh, but I was oh, saying oh, oh, that oh, oh. I'm gonna skip this first part. Of the call. It was going on, fellas. Uh, it's Corey calling in. Uh, oh, Corey. Friday, I'm just getting off work, so I don't know if this is gonna get on the, the Friday free for all show or, or, or what. But I just kind of wanted to talk about this this topic that's kind of been brewing on Panthers Twitter recently. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Well, it's pretty much been all season, but, but it's something that's just been brewing recently. And I wanted to get my thoughts on it. It's just that a lot of people have been saying that JC Horn wasn't the right pick at eight this year. Um, mm. I've heard the conversation. I think, 
I think even Cody uh, is in that camp too. That no matter how good J.C. Horn is, you should have picked like Rashawn Slater or Justin Fields, which I understand. Uh, but I would say, well, one I'm gonna say it like this. One I'm gonna say it like this: drafting Justin Fields or Mac Jones or whoever at eight would have been a terrible, terrible, terrible use of our resources. Like, you, you have to remember, this was less than a month after we just traded a second-round pick for Sam Darnold. Now, regardless of what you may have thought about Sam Darnold going into this past year, whether you thought he could have potentially been something, whether you thought it was a terrible trade, da 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 da, da the Panthers made the trade. They, they they put the resources in, they made the trade, and they traded for him. And it would it would have been just dumb to then spend a top-ten pick on a quarterback as you trade for a guy who's 23 years old um, who you – have presented us as the next guy. It's like you're already saying to us that you don't believe in Sam Darnold's the future, even though you just traded a second round pick for him and, 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 and um, exercised the fifth year option. So I didn't want to see a draft of quarterbacks in the top 10 period. I don't care if it was, you know, whoever. It, it, was, it, it just wouldn't have been smart because then we pretty much just wasted our second round pick at that point because then it's just Justin Fields or whoever knocked on the door eventually. But I, I'll say that as, as, as point one. Um, point two, I think the biggest thing that people are forgetting when it comes to, to JC is, or not even just a pick, people forget how, how bad our DBs were, uh, coming in the last season. Like, yeah, our pass defense was fucking horrendous. Going into the season, our defenses, our corners were Dante Jackson, who was coming off the injury. And as we yeah. all know, he's a very talented guy, but he's never been able to put it all together. Um, he's very, very streaky. You can't really count him as a number one. A.J. Bouye, who was a former Pro Bowler, but that shit feels like forever ago, and who was also injured in the uh, offseason, and then a whole bunch of fucking scrubs. Um, I think I'm about to run out of time. I, I got to get a part two on this. Uh, part. Yeah, I mean, fantastic uh, call. That, that, that's that been a very hot-button uh conversation i feel like for over a year now yeah and 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 i feel like all of our answers are kind of similar like jc horn if you uh go back to my film breakdown of jc horn on this channel before the panthers ever drafted him i flat out said jc horn is my number one corner in this draft i like him better than patrick sertan i like him better than caleb farley i thought he was the dude um and I think that the Panthers' defense is going to be grateful to have him for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I don't think when anyone makes a critique of J.C. Horn, it's not that he, the player, isn't worth it. I'm sure he will be a very good football player, and we all are hoping that he is. But imagine this, you know? Imagine if we could have been on year two with Justin Fields He's already gotten some NFL play under his belt. Now you go heavy O-line. Now you continue to build around that quarterback, and you start that process. Last year, the Bengals were 4-12. and We already mentioned this, and they're in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why the Panthers couldn't have followed at least a similar trajectory. And uh, I even mentioned earlier when I was reading uh, about what Fitterer was talking about, when it comes to position value, when you're picking in the top 10, you cannot treat every position equally. Mm-hmm. Just like Tony doesn't want to touch tight ends with a top 10 pick, you know, there are certain 
positions that you have to value highly for how they affect the game of football. And yeah, corner is one of those. But at a time when your offense is so bad, you haven't had a franchise left tackle since 2013, and you pass on Rashawn Slater. Last year was a great draft for quarterbacks. One of the better ones fell to you in the draft, and you didn't take them. Um, and, and that's just, you know, that's a recipe for, you know, continuous seasons of the Panthers underachieving. So maybe if we draft a quarterback this year, it'll prove to be worth it. But overall, the position value, it just makes it that those other guys would inevitably be more important to at least, I think, what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, oh, good. Good. Well, I was going to say you're kind of touching on what Jay Stubbs was saying in the the chat. You know, the the caller says that the the DBs were so terrible, and you're right, it was. But our O-line's been terrible for years. So, you know. It wouldn't yeah. make just as much sense to address that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, the O-line has been worse than the DBs for years. Yeah. Uh, next call. Uh, yeah, so like I was saying, man, it's Corey calling in the second part of my call, but I was saying that people, they like to forget because we, we in the middle of last season, we got Stephon Gilmore, we got C.J. Henderson, uh, Dante Jackson started off the year playing uh, very well. A.J. Bouye looked like he was solid. So by the end of the year, it looked like cornerback was just fucked. The cornerback room is stuck, right? Cover. We got to remember how fucking bad, like how absolutely terrible our past defense was the year before. And pretty much how we were going in the next year with those corners, it just wasn't going to work, right? So um, point number one on that. And then the biggest point that I have, honestly, is is that I'm not, I'm not mad. The biggest issue that the Panthers did wasn't drafting J.C. Horn over Rashawn Slater. It was the fact that we didn't pay, we didn't use any other more valuable resources on the offensive line. It's like, okay, cool. If you see this freak athlete, um, high ceiling, uh, high floor guy at corner, you feel like can be this this just shut down ball hawking guy for the next few next ten years for your team. Cool, go ahead and pick him up. But you we you know that offensive line is a huge need for it. So it's like, boom. If we had drafted a a, a tackle or guard in the second round and then use some like real yeah i might stop that call right there um just to kind of push the calls around but i agree like his it does look i don't think actually cody was um celebrating the jc horn pick as a dog and a good pick and i do think we can fall too much into like just because jc horn was hurt this year that it wasn't the best pick I don't think, though, that's really where we're coming from when we talk about what Matt Rule has been critical about or what his problems are. We've been, I think, like you said, it's not just that pick. It's the other things that have surrounded that, the free agency moves, the other draft picks, and then the salt in the wound that Matt Rule continues to throw in when he talks about Rashawn Slater as a guard (laughs) and he was the best tackle in the league. And it's not even that, like, fine, that's what you saw him as. You were wrong. Just shut up. Be quiet. At some point, you got to do something about the offensive line. And so you're right. J.C. Horn could be a top 10 dog-ass player, and the other guys can't. But you didn't do enough in other spots. And once again, great call there, too, because Terrence Marshall Jr. in the second, right, you're not allocating the assets or the capital investment to places you need to early enough 
Let's go to the next call. Oh, is it a butt dial call? Ooh. Sounds like it's Larry. It's Priest Larry. What was that? What's the Priest Larry or Larry? Pa- or, uh, Pastor Larry or something? Pastor and Larry. Um, the bomber. Why do you, I still want to know? Like, is uh, I I need never mind. It's like I need to know like why this is even important to people. Uh, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Yeah, so you're telling me this? You're telling please here before we get into the rest of the calls because like I said, you're dealing with me and you gotta deal with me, right? Because I've been running this podcast forever, so you gotta hang out with me even when I drink too much. Is this me? That's my own voice. Look, that's me. Did you drop that? I call the own. Look, somebody recorded me. Oh, what did I say? (laughs) So you're telling me this. You're telling, please, here, before we get into the rest of the calls, because like I said, you're dealing with me and you got to deal with me, right? Because I've been running this podcast forever. So you got to hang out with me, even when I drink too much. But you're trying to see this. This is my podcast now. Oh Oh my god. God, that call right there. I feel like uh I wanna have to talk to my therapist about that call. Yeah. Call of the night. It's my podcast now. God, he did take over this podcast. Oh, that was awesome. What? Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Please sober up, Tony. Next call. Hey guys, Chuck from Elizabeth City. Nice, aka Carolina Sports Guy. I just kind of you know, I don't even know if I've talked to you guys about before, maybe your hand, but. With everything that's going on with, with Brady finally retiring, I don't think Bruce Arians is any better of a coach than what Rivera was. Um, he just inherited a good team. The Tampa's defense is still good. But with so many pieces that they had, and with uh, you know Antonio Brown doing his version of Forrest Gump running off the field, it kind of blew your Super Bowl chance. But the whole thing is with Tampa losing – probably a lot of pieces off of this team everybody wants to get paid and without the quarterback they're going to take a step back and new orleans without sean payton still has a good defense but they're definitely in need of some offensive possessions they're in salary cap hell they're going to take a step back atlanta's kind of even killed although matt ryan's getting older and you think this would be the time that we step up and we can actually take advantage of everybody else stepping back. The only problem is when a quagmire. Start with a quarterback we really don't want. Don't look like where we're drafting there's going to be a quarterback who would be a Joe Burrow or... Why? Why do you guys feel that? And with the way our offensive line is and some of the players will be losing and having Matt Rule being an amp coach, not like we're really moving forward. It's kind of like we're stuck. We're no better this past year than we were the year before, probably even worse. So as everybody else takes a step back, we're not necessarily taking a step forward. And by the time we take a step forward, these other teams might be taking a step forward ahead of us. 
all about time. Gosh, if we would have known what and we didn't know. We missed our opportunity of being ready when we knew that Breeze, Brady gone, it was time for us to shine. And we just really blundered and dropped the ball on what we should have been doing. So I guess the only thing we can do is look at a team like Cincinnati, who was dreadful for so long, and they've just kind of gone out in a short period of time because they got lucky. You got the number one pick, got borrowed, made some really good picks along the way, and have a young team. They've actually become one of the youngest fighting teams in the league. And somehow maybe in the next couple of years, maybe that'll happen to us. But it doesn't happen to everybody. So I don't know. I mean, the Panther fans, we just have to suffer and get through it and do the best we can. And uh, Tony, I'll tell you why you should have some hope. You keep on saying you don't hear it or you don't see it. Let me tell you why you should have some hope. Because there's no guarantee that you're not a 60- or 70-year-old something man by the next time the Panthers actually get this shit figured out. I mean, you said earlier this self, look how, lo- how far the Bengals have come. They have been a dumpster fire organization for 30 years, and they were finally able to turn it around. Like That's my point. This could go either way for Panther fans. Either we're going to get this right, and we're actually going to get a good football team, or we could potentially find ourselves in the same situation that a bunch of other teams have found themselves in, where every three or four years they're hiring and firing head coaches, trying to do another rebuild year after year, sometimes decade after decade. And it's like so there, we're two no- years away from success and two years away from habitual rebuild. My, like, my, I mean, only, my only that, point right? is, is that when you when you see a team that is valued so poorly as the Bengals, remember there was controversy as to whether or not Joe Burrow would step the Bengals and say, "No, I'm not going to Cincinnati." Yeah. But in the end, he did, and it changed their <laughs> fortunes. And look what's happening to him now. So yeah, man, if a team like the Bengals could get it right, there's no reason. Why the Panthers couldn't figure this shit? I feel out like there's well. such recency bias. Like, I mean, it's such a lot. It's just what this means then to me is that at any moment, um, any moment, lightning in a bottle could happen. Happen. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, like we could have done this for why? Like, this could be the Jacksonville Jaguars in next year, according to you. Right, I mean, is this is that like this is something kind of magical that we are watching with the Bengals? It is the football equivalent to a Sweet Sixteen, whatever the seed. What's the seed that like where the who is it that kind of goes through the all the way through the playoff? The NCAA bracket makes it. It's like a miracle. Well, they all do, but the 16th seed would be like a seed. Yeah, 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 yeah the 16th seed. I mean, it's kind of like that. Is that yes? Is that at every moment the Bengals have not had the best team? They just haven't had the best team, and I will, I'll fight anybody on that. And they haven't had the best team, but they've played like badasses. So it's kind of awesome, but at the same time, can you replicate magic? 
that that's kind of my issue too. And, and Cody, when you say that that's your reason for hope, I'd look at that as like a really, really, <laughs> really, really big glass all the way full. We, look, yeah, we just buy a lot of tickets. I was gonna say like, it's, like, saying, it's like it's like saying because this guy won the lottery. Like, if right, I buy a lottery ticket, got rich. So let's yeah. just buy a lot of tickets. That's a, that's the exact sample I was gonna use. It's like buying a lot. It's exactly what it's like because somebody else won it. I can win it. And yeah, that's true. But it doesn't give me more hope that I'm gonna win the lottery if I go buy a lottery ticket right now. You know? Right, right. Are we in year twenty two of their rebuild, or we are? Are we in year twenty nine? And that's the other thing. They're only in year two. <laughs> How of about the that rebuild. one? We're in year. They're going into year three of the rebuild. As right. are we. So look at how much better they've done with. But their they're not in year three. They haven't won a fucking playoff game in thirty-one years. So but they haven't had a terrible team. Of rebuild. They, they went through a complete rebuild. They haven't a terrible team. They made the playoffs uh, six years in a row. They didn't. Yeah, but they haven't <laughs> won a playoff game in thirty. But by I the way, this is not just the Cincinnati Bengals. A... But guys, this is also not just the Cincinnati Bengals that we're talking about. Before last year, the Bills. Hadn't been in the playoffs in what, like twenty six years or something crazy like that. Yeah, but it, it was, was one of the long. No, that's not Super they, Bowls in nineteen ninety nine. So yeah, so like I mean, it is, is kind the of NFL, close, but it's not the no, same. The, no, it's the NFL the same, has demonstrated that there is a structure mm. to which football teams can fall okay. to the bottom and, in a very short turnaround time, relatively turn their fortunes around and become one of the better teams in football. There is no reason that the Panthers couldn't follow that same thing as the Chargers, the Bills, and the Bengals. So there's three examples for you. But we're you already three years into kind it. Of hope for it. We're already three oh, yeah, years 20, into it, though, man. Only 24 more to go. Three years into... The rebuild. And these teams three years into the rebuild have already found success is what I'm yeah. saying. We're three years in and we're falling flat on our faces with no draft capital and, and not a lot of draft. No. I'm saying we, it's, it's completely We're actually in year one, it feels like. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. it feels like. But we're in year three. Hey, hang, on. The next before, hang on. Before we do. Come on. No. Before we do. Oh, yeah. Shame. There's right. something that yeah, we have to do. And you know what, Tony? We have a bunch of freaks in the chat room. And I don't care how bad you want to go to bed, old man. You are not going to deny them their right to get shamed by this magical voice motherfucker. Let them know, CK. In a world where one man has to shame an entire chat room of people. Because they have not hit a thumbs up, the most simple task any YouTuber podcaster can ask of his followers. We're just asking you simply hit that thumbs up. Tell the world, I like those guys. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 112 people watching. 82 thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell for every single time we go live. We're always doing fun things on the channel. We're going to be having quarterback content. Looking at these draft quarterbacks here soon. We've got the Friday free-for-all. We've always got something cooking. Hit that like. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that notification bell. Tony Dunn, let's hit these calls. Hey, this is Kevin again from Charleston. I got a question for you. If Matt Rule goes to Michigan, who becomes our new head coach? Do we keep McAdoo as the head coach, like mm-hmm. bring him in? Or do we sign somebody else to come in to be the new Brian head coach? Brian Flores, baby. 
I kind of see it. Oh, God. There we go. Now we got, actually, we got to do it. We're almost two hours in. We were supposed to lead the show. I wanted to lead the show with this. Um, Brian Flores sued the NFL today. I think that's when the news broke, at least. Maybe it happened yesterday, technically. Who knows? Um, the NFL might not exist after this. Flores <laughs> and Kaepernick might stamp on the ashes of the NFL after all this crap. Yeah, uh, a yeah. Story, a big story broke today. It's a class action lawsuit. A lawsuit against, I think, the Giants, the Broncos, the Dolphins. The NFL, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Broncos. And the NFL. Yeah, and the NFL just as yeah. as, a, as a whole. Um, <clears throat> uh, criticizing the hiring practices of the NFL. Um, the initial question that I had was this. is Look at this. Just think about this. Is imagine what it would take for someone to sue the NFL and particularly and, uh, and maybe blackball themselves into or out of existence, right? So, you think about this is that you got um Colin Kaepernick has tried this out of the NFL, right? Like, it's easy. We've got a couple of players that have said that I've been blackballed, right? But to come out and sue directly the NFL as a head coach. And then and make allegations of the hundred thousand dollar payment for each loss that Steve Ross made. The text, like, I mean, this is a. I feel like he knows. Like he's either going to win this and make a bazillion dollar. I don't know what the end goal of the success would be, but there ain't no just like oh I'm a, you're going to get hired to the NFL <laughs> and welcome. Like this, all of a sudden, is a big fucking deal. Yeah. And what I think yep. this is is that, like, he's ready and like he's throwing down the gauntlet, and I'm not upset with him for it. And let's be real about this too. Uh, you know, he is throwing down the gauntlet, basically at the expense of his entire career. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's That's what almost I'm to there, say. Like, yeah, there's there is no almost no way. If even if he wins. He's not going to come back, and then all of a sudden, they make them like it's going to be like, "Oh, we paid you a bazillion dollars." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then another right thing. Well, yeah. so it's a class action lawsuit. Man, what a weird time, dude! It, like, imagine if you're a black head coach, you feel like these things are happening, and then now, what are you going to add your name to that class action lawsuit? Like, does uh, if Eric Bieniemy is in agreement with this, and he feels like he wants to add his name to this? Does he even do it at this point at the risk of, you know, not being able to potentially um, receive further promotion? I don't know. Brian Flores put out a statement and he said, you know, I feel like I have a gift for head coaching or for being a, a coach of football. But he basically said, like, this is required of me to do so right now. Like, this yeah. is bigger than me. This is something right. that this is something that I feel like I need to do uh, to weed out some of the, the systematic racism when it comes to hiring processes in the NFL. It is a fact of the matter also that out of the last 16 coaching changes, only one of those that was hired was a black head coach. That was David Cully. And he was also fired after one year on the job. Mike Tomlin is the only uh, African-American head coach in the NFL right now. 
my my like trying to look at different sides of this now all the parties involved have already come out and say that of course they vehemently, vehemently deny any accusation of racism what? against them uh, yeah the broncos have said this the giants have come out and said that we hired brian dayball because we felt like it was the best man for the job it was an 11th hour hire and that uh it was down to brian flores and dayball and it was, you know, uh, apparently last minute. Now, where things get very interesting is a part of the lawsuit included um, some text messages from none other than the all-time great Bill Belichick himself. And this is actually kind of funny here because Bill Belichick thought that he was texting Brian Dayball and congratulating him on his job being the new Giants head coach. So this is Bill Belichick says, sounds like you've landed. Congrats. Did you hear something I didn't? So by the way, in blue, these are the text messages of Brian Flores. And he said, Giants? Flores goes, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Belichick says, got it. I hear from Buffalo and NYG. You're their guy. Hope it works out if you want, uh, if you want it to. He says, that's definitely what I want. He says, that's definitely what I want. Hope you're, uh, I hope you're the right coach. Thank you. And then it goes, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. Bill Belichick responds, sorry, I fucked this up. Double checked and I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. Sorry about that, Bill Belichick. Now, essentially what this goes on to imply was that the New York Giants knew from the jump that they were going to hire Brian Dayball. But they had Brian Flores in to appease the Rooney rule, where you have to interview one African-American head coach as a part of your coaching hire. So, man, this is this is a crazy story that dropped out of nowhere today. Um, and it's a tough one, man, because if I'm just being very honest with you, um, I think that whole Colin Kaepernick, situation set a precedent where it's going to be pretty effing hard to prove that racism that you know because they were black that that was the reason why they were not hired to be head coaches in the nfl it doesn't mean that i'm not empathetic with the cause either because i i really do think that brian flores is doing a thing that frankly is warranted discussion needs to be had but man is this going to be hard to prove that racism was the exact reason why these men weren't hired. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I'll, pa- I'll pass the mic on this one. I don't know pretty much what else to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to jump in because I think that it's easy for people that are on the outside looking in to say that this is all speculation and that Flores is, you know, just trying to reach or all that stuff. I think that all of this is way too specific. I think everything he said is absolutely true. And the thing that irritates me more than anything is the whole point with the Rooney rule is to be able to give candidates to, you know, diverse coaches, right? It's supposed to give them opportunities rather, um, you know, to these candidates. And what ends up happening is similar to what happened, you know, with plenty of other coaching positions, which is we just have our token high, our token uh, interview so that that's all they do. So what they've done here is the New York Giants are saying, well, we know who we want to hire, but we're going to interview Flores to be able to just check mark, right? 
You haven't even right. talked to the guy, and you're saying this other dude is going to be your coach. That tells me you have chosen because you didn't because of what's going on. And, and also, let's talk about how much these conversations are happening between teams. And tell me collusion isn't real, right? Let's talk about the fact that he said, I'm hearing from like the New England Patriots are hearing from New York Giants and Buffalo that yeah. another guy is going to be a coach. And he's like, how, tell me that there isn't collusion. Well, can, can or I, at least, all right, keep going, keep going. Great, keep going. Well, I, I just want to ask, and, and I'm not saying by any means this stuff doesn't happen because I'm, I'm positive that it does. But just out of curiosity, if the Giants we just saw it, dude. Well, look, if, but it, here's the thing: if the Giants wanted to hire Dayball like from the get go, that's the yeah. guy they wanted. That's not yeah. racist for them to want to hire that guy. Then, if they have this rule, they have to interview somebody else. But they've already got the guy they want. What are they supposed to do? Why make a decision without interviewing right. all the possible but, candidates? First of all, but no, what have they already decided? Right I mean, you don't you don't have to you don't have to interview everybody out there. That's not you don't have to do that. When has that ever been a positive experience for like if you have fifteen but that's their candidates? Decision. They can mess have, up if no, they want to. So that's their decision. Uh, that's kind you know, of aligns with what Cody was saying is the difficulty of proving Pro racism. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. A B racism. But here's the thing, at the end of the day. And and I'm not trying to diminish racism. I'm not trying to diminish the existence of these realities. At the end of the day, this is a terrible HR process. Is, yeah. That's what I would say is leaks. How about that? Is right away is this, is you got a hiring panel that has a specific requirement for hiring someone. Right. I've been on hiring committees before. Right. And there are rules, right? Like you have to ask the people the same questions. I mean, I'm sure you could break the rules if you wanted to, but like, I mean, they're <laughs> like, you're supposed to do it this way. You ask them the same questions. You have to fill out the same forms with each for each person. You have the same amount of time for each candidate. You have the same conversation after each candidate. And yeah, your personal biases probably come in a ton in the process where you rate that. But then at the end of the day, like this is po just poor HR practices prior to in the end, like you want to get or lesson, not get rid of racism. I don't mean that, but like you want to lessen racism. Like we just need to bet. We don't just need it. We need to have better uh, hiring practices. Like the fact is, is this is it's not the matter of if they want a table or not first, Yep. It's like, don't have these rules in place where you should be interviewing other candidates if you're just going to hire the person you don't think. But that's and or, or the one other thing I would say about this is that shame on these teams for making, for being so kind of like prisoners of the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like where they think, oh, right, look, if, and look, shame on that new GM for just hiring Dable without... Really give him floor that, as a chance. What if they're as friends? What if he, what if he likes what Dable does? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, well, I'm, he might. You know, he's yeah, exactly. You're I mean, right. No, you, it's not racism. It's actually just poor HR. I don't have but, to pick you know, every pair of shoes. It's shame on the goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars for Flores being out there. They should be trying to get that dude. I agree. Like what I'm saying is, like God, fine, let him. But why about these other teams? Flores, we would love to have him as our. I would coach. love to have Flores. <laughs> This guy, yeah. bro, I want to I put this out here. 
is that I think the NFL underestimated what happens when you fuck with someone who's got enough money to get by. True. Like, Flores has got loot, probably. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was just a head coach for three years. He got, like, four or five million dollars probably in the bank. And he's investing that, I would hope. You know, he's not like me, who I need my job next year, and I got to make sure I don't piss the president of the college off or something like this. This guy took a bold-ass step. It was like this. All right, I got screwed on this job, this job, and this job, and you douchebags have terrible hiring hiring practices. You picked ridiculous candidates before. Matt Rule over here got a job. I'm over here winning eight straight. That fool lost eight straight. Fuck y'all. I got some money. Put me in this lawsuit. That's some badass shit. I won't fuck with Brian Brian Flores. I won't fuck with him. And did Bill Belichick have a senior moment? He just missed the... (laughs) Oh, dude. Think about that. One of the greatest football minds in all the football... Can't get the right Brian in his cell Brian, phone. But dude, look dude, at that alphabet. What is it? It's Flores and what's the other guy's name? Dayball. Dayball. Yeah. Dayball. And yeah. like you probably can imagine just them right being close. Like he just search Brian. Well, the and just the thing accidentally that, pressed the top one. You know what's even more fucked up though? God. Is is how much it seemed like Belichick, Belichick preferred the other guy to get that job like he's sitting there saying i'm hoping you get it you know i'm sitting there like like this is the guy who was on your squad like that you know you is part of your coaching tree right and you're telling him somebody you wish that the other guy got it like i mean so that already right there is going to be i think this could be bell bill belichick's retirement you know in the future like because i mean i know he's not doing anything himself but I think that this, like, leading to the, like, him doing that is going to put a lot more pressure, and he is not going to be very popular among league, so, league uh, executives anymore. So, by the way, this, uh, you know, of course, this is, you know, a hot button discussion because it's talking about racism. And, you know, uh, is, is racism the, the main factor that are presenting highly qualified coaches from coaching on an NFL level, too? I think that the what's kind of being missed is that there is a pretty big smoking gun to all of one of his accusations. Brian Flores is sta- mm. saying that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, this is big, all, yeah, yeah, this is dude, this is this is giant, this Keep is ginormous. Yeah, the the uh, the owner of the Miami Dolphins offered to pay Flores a hundred thousand dollars for every loss during the 2019 season. To help them get a better draft spot. He was even mad when they kept winning. And dude, if this is if if this is ends up being proven, one, that is not only is that grounds for him to to forcibly sell the Miami Dolphins. Fuck that. No, you shut your mouth, Cody. You have told us there's ways to institutionally take. No, from a front office standpoint. That's not telling your team. Paying your coach to lose. Yeah, not paying them. That's a front and office standpoint. No, no, no. no. no, Trading away players. Trading away players is a front office standpoint. Not paying them to lose. It's just giving yourself less assets to win the football game with. That that's not saying, hey. 
we want you to put yourself in a position to lose football games. And if, if that happens, if he could face that, uh, look, he yeah. could face criminal charges though. That's yeah. it, what? what kind of criminal charges for uh, what? Fixing? For like gambling yeah. fraud? Fixing. Fixing. Yeah. Fixing games, yeah, yeah, that's fixing. that's fixing a fixing an outcome. Ooh. It could one hundred percent do jail time because of that. Was whoa, was, whoa, whoa, what? What if you said this is I'll pay you a million dollars to succeed? Isn't that fixing an outcome? Then? No, because you can't Why? guarantee. You can you can pretty much guarantee a loss by having lack of effort. You can't. You're still gonna go up against other people's bests. Mm-hmm. And everyone's paid to win. win. Yeah, like everyone is paid to, to their job to win. All right. What if you worded it this way? What if you said this is that? I'll give you $1.5 million if we get 15 losses that lead to the first round draft pick. That's still paying to lose. I mean, I, like it's the, paying for a, a, a goal. Tell me, it's tell me, institutional like, goal. That's what it is. Because that's not going to be I don't a like this. It's like you want to take away the team for this. I would say, if anything, is that what's the funny part is that people are going to get fucking pissed off. That the game may be fixed, but you ain't oh, pissed yeah. off that the not y'all, but like that there's like institutional racism in America. You know say, oh, we're so pissed off that like this owner might have fucking tried to lose, but instead, like there is this blackballing going on in the NFL, dude. If you tell a team to tank, I'm not upset about this. What I'm upset is that y'all are upset about it. Said about what? About the tanking thing. It's like, oh man, like if you're upset with the Ross guy for trying to pay this dude a hundred thousand dollars a game, right, to lose, what are you upset about? Are you upset about the integrity of the game? Because I thought the real reason to be upset about this claim was is it's like he's a black coach. We're you know, we're kind of setting him up to fail. I think that's the real thing to be upset about is like, oh, wait, we only have like five black coaches in the last 10 years. And then you're going to pay the one black coach there is to quit rather than to succeed. Well, no. And then you're going to fire him after two years of succeeding. That is the problem with me. I'm like to tell me that he's going to you have you want him to sell the team just because he wanted to lose. I would say, you know what? It's because of the other shit you should make them sell the team. I mean, listen, the the fact of the matter is this. An owner of an NFL football team cannot pay people in his organization to lose football games. Then it's it's like if you were gambling on it, you have one team that's going in there with the coach is trying to lose and another team going in there with the coach is trying to win. You you just can't. You what can't if you do just that. bought? What On if you just that, intentionally about, hired idiots then? Well, maybe like, what about that? About what if, uh, what if a coach it. said this? You know what? Is I'm gonna fire all y'all fired today, and now I'm gonna hire Tony and Greg. And no offense, Greg, I'm not trying to call you an idiot. No, but like a manager of us, I'm like, all right, well, these guys are gonna take over this team. <laughs> They're, we're not. We're not. They're not paying us to lose. But God damn it, we were. You're. You were so worried about the integrity of the game. That's what I feel like. This is an integrity Look, check. We don't know that David Tepper's not doing that. How about that? No. Look, my 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 thing is this. Ooh, right. ooh, very important point. 
but don't what? like I think that is true. I think that's why he didn't fire Matt Rule. But how I mean, so, look, my thing, look, my 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 thing is this, right? I think we're in tank and the, we're tank for 22. No, if you look at um uh, uh so by the way, another thing that was apparently included in Brian Flores's claims was he went and interviewed with the Denver Broncos. Uh, with John Elway and them, and they got not, not, the night not only not only were they an hour late, but by the time they showed up to the meeting, dude, they were fucking hammered. They were drunk oh, conducting the interview, and it's like, bro, what? And see, like that's when okay. I again, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's better it's to not call like racism, that. but just poor HR. Actually, I would say you can call racism. I don't care, but like this is just poor HR practices. It's poor well, HR practices, but like you know, so, you've hired a candidate before you did all the interviews, and now well, you got the can- the committee is drunk. I'm like, that's the this. thing. It's just not. It's like a farce of an interview process. Basically, yeah. it's like all real important jobs. You get the job because you knew who they already knew who you wanted. Like yeah. Greg so, said, uh-huh. like I understand what Greg's saying. Like if you have a coach that you have in mind. Okay, we want Dayball. Look what Brian Dayball did for Josh Allen. That's our guy. That's the guy that we want. I am certain that for many teams, that's what ends up happening. Sometimes they pass on a black coach just because there is a player that they would prefer to have. But also, I can 100% see the flip side of this as well. Like You're telling me out of all of the big-time NFL coaches that are black in the NFL, Mm -hmm. including Brian Flores, I mean, look at Adam Gates. Adam Gates was a dumpster fire coach at Miami. And the very next year, right. got hired to be the head coach Agreed. of the Jets. Agreed. It's bad HR practices. Another point of what we're talking about right now, we're, you know, Tony, you're like, well, why would anyone trust Matt Rule to go turn around Michigan? And I think there's a good conversation to be had that it's like, well, if Matt Rule was a black coach, would he have so many other offers somewhere else? And I don't know, man. Look, you all can look on camera and see that it's four white dudes talking about this, right? So it's like we obviously can only talk from one perspective, and we certainly don't uh, claim to speak for any black person anywhere. But when you start to look at all sides of this, when you see how many coaches don't have a job, it's like, well, okay, how many other conclusions are you logically able to come to now? Sure, sure, sure. I am not disputing those at all. I'm sure. not even I am not even trying to diminish the racial aspect of the suit. Right. Is this is like um imagine though if a black person wasn't involved in this. Imagine if it was all majority people. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we're all my yeah. or the same, like it's a four women, five, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Is that like these are also bad just practices for trying to choose a candidate, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have fake rules in place and this and that. So, yes, is that racism exists. Institutional racism exists. But at the same time, like these guys can't even they they had the first. Inter- they didn't have interviews. They just hired the guy they knew they were going to hire. Mm-hmm. They didn't have no interview. Yeah. And, and that, I said earlier, unfortunately, that, that I want, I, I am very sympathetic, exact or yeah. not sympathetic, actually, sympathetic, like sorrow. And I can't empathize because my point just being is this is let's not like act like this is a contest. And then we already know who the winner is. 
Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I agree. I'm sure it exists out there and there are probably practices that go on that are terrible, but I don't know the details of the situation, but I know that if I have something that I want me picking it, like if I go pick out a pair of shoes, I don't have to try on every pair of shoes to know what I want. If I know what I want, I'm going to be with this pair of shoes. Now, maybe I'm making the wrong decision by not trying on a few of the pairs, but I've done it before where I've just gone and seen other pair of shoes I wanted and gotten it, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that that, that that's what happened here or anything, because I don't know the inside details right. about what's going on. I'm just saying it's not always that case, and we don't know, but I hope that if that's what's happening, that it's taken care of, and I hope that, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. What so. I am, what I will say, and I'm going to finish this, and we're going to go to the next call, I'm going to finish my statement on this is I just feel like it's crazy that we would get so upset about the integrity of the game, but then not care about racial problems in our society. So like, if you're going to make an owner sell the team because he tried to pay a guy to tank, we should make all of these motherfuckers sell the team for poor HR practices. Like that's a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal in our society to, you know, and like, I just don't want to act like this game means that so much to me that it overrides this. Is that like we can, and that's where I get upset. I've been upset today where it's like, well, who gives a fuck if this guy paid someone a hundred thousand dollars to lose? The problem was, is that they offered one of the few black men that who has been afforded, not afforded, actually that's the worst opportunity, earned, earned this opportunity to be a head coach. Right? Like, it's like you're setting him up for a failure for something that has a right. very small, like, that's where it really gets to irritates me. Like, so if I, pay me to lose. Fine with that. So don't come to me and make this guy sell the team when there is this other bigger storyline right. behind this, not behind the scenes, actually right in front of our fucking faces. Next goal. Man, I'm Thomas Thomas in here. I'm ecstatic about Tom Brady exiting stage left. Get that bum out of here. You know, maybe, maybe uh, our Panthers, the, the luck of the Panthers can change here in the near future. Get rid of Tom Brady. Oh, you know what? He actually did retire. Yeah. Yeah, it's man, like officially. Yeah. I'm like so kidding. Like, like it kind of dragged it out. I thought it was he such gone. back and forth. Yeah, like I, that was a weird, a weird uh, like sequence of events that took place. Um, and I think it was it's actually kind of fucked up uh, because I mean we're in this scoop world that we live in now, and I think that Tom Brady wanted to have the opportunity to let the world know on his own terms. And I, I mean, I think that we, that that should be something that can be respected, but it is kind of fucked up that when like they go behind his back and tell the world that he's going to retire, we already know that. Um, and, and don't give him the opportunity to be the one to tell the world that, I mean, I get, again, this is a, I've got to be the first one to get it out. You know, that's, that's, you know, the reality of the world that we live in. I get that, but it's, it's, it is definitely, and and, and, give me, I, I, I hate Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that he was—he should have been afforded the opportunity to do that himself, and and uh, you know that 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 does irritate me the way that the media handled that. I, I kind of think this is just the 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 end result of the day and age that we live in. Everybody yeah. wants to be the first person to have the story, 
and uh, you know, even knowing that, you them, like that, even yeah. knowing that you had a, a part, but especially in the social media age, it's worse than yeah. it ever has been. But like, especially if you're somebody in Tom Brady's camp that just wants to be a part of getting the news out early, that you go behind his back and and leak that you know that bit of information. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. But at the end of the day, look. Everybody says they hate Nobody Tom Brady. Nobody gives a fuck. You're the goat. No, so. hold on. Everybody says that they hate Tom Brady. And, dude, listen, I understand it. He's ruined a lot of people's <laughs> Sunday afternoons. But, dude, I don't fucking hate that guy. Like, if anything, I'm honored that I got to watch his football career, man. Like, dude, like kids growing up today, if they never watched Michael Jordan playing live, yeah, yeah, that's just the guy who, you know, owns the shoes. Right, Michael Jordan doesn't mean shit to them when you compare him to like a LeBron or a Curry or whatever, because they never got to experience them play. Legends are going to be told about Tom Brady for a long time to come, and we all got to watch this guy towards the NFL. You might have been upset about it during the time, but like you were watching a once in a lifetime athlete accomplish, you know, a once in a lifetime career. So it's but- like. Dude, I know. Imagine if you guy. had to see somebody that was that fucking great, like Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, oh, shut up. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Like, that, I'm so that... sick of this shame. Like, I'm sorry, man. Dude, I don't want to hear about Wayne fucking you Gretzky today. right now. I'm talking. What do you mean you don't want to hear about Wayne Gretzky? Goat. I'm talking about a real goat right now. I'm talking about Tom Brady, and I'm saying I'm happy that the dude is out of the division. And um, I also found it hilarious that he had like a eight page farewell letter and didn't mention the Patriots at all. <laughs> like didn't mention them at all. It only came out now that he's going to go and retire a Patriot and he's going to go and do this big ceremony and anything, but didn't say anything about the Patriots. Um, I kind of believe that him and Gronk hated it up there. Yeah. And we're kind of happy to be away from that environment. Um, but I don't know, they man. Didn't hate that place at all. Shut up, man. They love that shit. They were gods there, dude. Oh, that's why they were begging to get out by the very end. They hated. They were begging. It was just tough at the end because, like, they were old, and like it was rebuild time. I mean, it's it's been. But there's well stories coming out right now. There were stories coming out right now that, like, oh, the culture, like Tom Brady didn't love the culture in Tampa Bay. It was too lax. Like, I, I think this is an over-narrative that the Patriots are, like, this super strict-ass thing. I just think there's a lot of pressure. I think Tom Brady got to the point where it was like this. I'm older. It's cold as fuck. Messes with my bones and my skin. And we ain't, like, everybody opted out. Like, man, like, come on. Then we're going to pay him. Like, what What did the... If you put that team with him on Bill Belichick, you think he ain't winning the Super Bowl with them? Come on. But it, dude, you can win a bunch of football games, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're having a great time doing it. They clearly yeah. wanted out. They did, did you know? Clearly wanted out. They done everything. Yeah. Tony, have you heard Rob Gronkowski talk about the Patriots? I mean, really, it well, isn't first very. Of all, Rob Gronkowski is like the biggest party, and like that's like the worst guy to ask for. But a it's, dude, like for it's the also, guy that's gonna go to work for ten years straight. Yeah. 
it, and on top of that, he came back and became more disciplined and serious than he's ever been. Like he's a late bloomer when it comes to maturity. He wasn't. No, he didn't even show. Like he sent them like repeat uh, workout videos. Yeah, that's I mean, was come on, like he it was wasn't like more disciplined. Like it is well documented that the culture in, in New England is very, very unfun. But you go to the Patriots <laughs> to win Super Bowls, right? Like nobody goes to the Patriots and says, "I'm going to go up here and have a good time." There, that it's well documented that they don't have a good time when they're as, as Patriots players. That's why you saw T, you saw some of the the greatest well, players go there and retire going up after the one New week. England Patriots and come and, and have a terrible time in North Carolina with us. What is it? Dude, I hear what you're saying, but come, like, what? Is it, like, come have a terrible time. Have a better time with us in North Carolina. It's terrible. We lose all the time. Winning, winning is better than that, right? That's what I'm saying. Is like Tom Brady has won enough to where he was tired of that. I mean, I think that there's a value in that, right? I think Rob yeah. Gronkowski is the same way. Like, once you're, if you're constantly being injured, you've got the Super Bowls. I mean, why not retire at that point in time? Because you're not having fun going to work every day. I don't think it's fun. You I don't might think be... it was that. I don't think that. I think it was Tom Brady needing to show the world. I think part of that. that he was it. more than Bill Belichick. I can I can agree with that to a degree. Like, so I just don't think it's like this, like, oh, like, I just need. Like, yeah, he needed a change of scenery. That's exactly what he needed was a change of scenery or wanted. That doesn't like a referendum like bill belichick yeah man he's getting shit done bro yeah i mean he has also flat out said too that there's a level of respect that he didn't feel like he was getting uh in in new england that he wanted to you know he wanted to i mean look the fact that another another football team he wanted to win another super bowl that wasn't with the patriots yeah um and, and, and he was able, he was find able to another do just Tom, that, bro. That and we need to find another Tom that played for Bill Belichick, and then text him mean? and be like, "Congratulations on being the goat in your retirement." And then, oh, sorry, wrong Tom. Oh, uh, sorry, wrong Tom. That would be fun. Next call. What up, C three family? It's your boy. Jay Stubbs. What's up, Jay Stubbs? How's everybody doing? What's going on, bro? Angel Investor. Kitty Tuesday. Oh, calling shit. in, as you know, checking with everybody. And um, senior bowl time, draft starting to, you know, unwind. And it's just really interesting. What a great weekend of football. Um, just touch base on our situation we got going on. Um, I just think quarterback's gonna is gonna happen this this uh this draft. Um if you look at, you know, everybody besides uh Matt Stafford, I mean the two the two teams in the uh the AFC were both on rookie deals, right? Mahomes kicked over next year, so we'll see how good they are. But um I'm this Kenny Pickett thing's picking up steam, hopefully he don't yeah. come out and just kill, you know, the combine. So then, you know, a team picks him before us. But there's Malik Willis's. There's there's guys we can take if we can finagle away. Because I really think having that quarterback on that cheap deal just makes us able to build a team. And uh, congratulations to Gilly for making the Pro Bowl. This is no hate. 
I just think that uh, he didn't deserve it. I think Hassan Reddick deserved it more. Yeah. But uh, continue with these mock drafts, man. I, I'm excited for it. I'm, you know, I like how Cody went through and kind of took pick at first, and I saw Shaw took pick at first and kind of showing everybody, hey, look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to pick, and we're not going to have a pick for two rounds or three rounds unless we can get a second for McCaffrey. So I like it, though. If we can get Lindstrom and, you know, the later fourth rounds and bring in a dominant guard, I do think a dominant guard will go a long way for this team. Um, I don't want to take him as a defensive tackle or a safety, even though those are needs. And those are probably BPA, if we're being honest, at six. But anyway, guys, keep pounding. You're- keep pounding. 89J Stubbs. That's one of our longtime listeners, angel investors, like Tony says. Um, yeah, I mean, look. So, Tony, the last two film, uh, film sessions that we've done, it, we kind of marketed it as it's me trying to convince you that we should take the player that we're looking at. Right, right. And let me tell you, uh, eventually you and I are going to look at Kenny Pickett. And I don't. Oh, think I, I wanna, have, by the way, how have I felt on all the players? You end up falling head over heels in love like, with them. Oh, I'll take them. Let me pick uh, them. Let me I'll, pick I'll, them. Have, I'll have four of those, please. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I'm telling you right now, when I show you Kenny Pickett, you are also going to be like, I, I, I believe I see it. I've I believe a I see bit. it. Yeah. And so I've looked uh, at it. I would say this is I haven't seen things that are bad enough. To override the good, so wh- the how only about only very single thing I have, like, and this is just a rare eye opinion, but it turns out Tony's rare eye opinion is, or not rare eye. That's like, what is that? That doesn't mean anything. Like, just uh, just like looking from it, like common eye opinion is what I would You're say. Untrained eye. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, is that like he just doesn't have like a cannon that would like a bazooka? Like, at the end of the day, it's just like he's not breaking people's fingers throwing the ball. Like, that's my right, only yeah. criticism. He he catches people in stride. He moves in the pocket. He does all the things. The only thing I would say, like, if there's, like, one, and it's not a reason not to draft him. It's just, like, not the yeah. strength is so, that he just doesn't have a bazooka. He doesn't have a bazooka, but neither does Joe Burrow. Right, like I mean, if you can make all the th- neither yeah, does Tom are, Brady, so uh, 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 neither does Russell Wilson. Although I will say, right, Tom Brady right. had an underrated arm. Tom Brady was one of these guys that got thrown around as like you know nah, minor arm. Nah, talent. like I mean, he, he, he throws the deep had, ball. I think he had Pickett, better arm. Pickett throws the deep ball in for. stride. Pickett throws the deep ball in stride. He does all of that. I'm just saying, like Cam, there was a point when Cam would like if you won't paying attention. And he hits you in the face with that, like, and you weren't looking, and you're like your head would be knocked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might is kind of beneficial. Yeah, it's like it's kind of beneficial in the NFL, right? Because things are so fast and the windows are so small, so it's just better to have a bazooka than not have a bazooka. That's yeah, all I'm saying. And, and uh, you know, you look at Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, not right. big time arm arm talent guys, but you can make that work. And it doesn't mean that they don't throw down field either. A lot of people, right, uh, right. Agreed. a lot of, Agreed. a lot of people, a lot of people equate arm talent 
with how far you can throw a football. Right. And to a degree that matters. But, you know, when you ask me how I define football, can you drive the football from the opposite hash to the opposite sideline into a tight window, even on like a little 8, 10-yard, you know, out route? Uh, Can you make those kinds of throws? And I'm here to tell you, not only have I seen those kind of throws, I've seen more than one of them. And let me tell you, his film against – good. But not only just his film overall – his film against my Clemson Tigers this year, dude, we had one of the better defenses in the country, and that man made some crazy throws. It's so good. It's very be good. On the he's lookout the for that film he's got now. athleticism. I think one of the things that's underrated about him is how mobile he is. Mm-hmm. Right? As a, um, right. So I'm going to continue to say this, is I'm not opposed to a quarterback at six. Right. But if we pick a lineman, what we pick at six is going to determine what we think about Matt Rule. If we go because defense, if, what is your thought? If we pick BPA, if we pick a lineman, if we pick all of that, then Matt Rule is a dead man walking. Like, I mean, the odds only- of him being able to do what it would require to keep his job. Right, like I mean, the the temperature, the temperament was so bad against him. So, to, like, he shouldn't have had a job going into this year. It's a it's God send, it's God graces that he has a job right now. So, what is he going to have to do to keep his job next year? He's got to make the playoffs. Right, he has to make the playoffs. And I don't think just adding a left tackle in the first round, even though that's like the best thing for the long term plan. That is the best, you know, like kind of the long-term plan. That doesn't save Matt Rule's job. Kenny Pickett at six could save Matt Rule's job. It might, it probably won't, but it could. Right. Well, can, can I ask a question about Kenny Pickett? I saw in the chat room um, people talking about him being 24 years old and that being a negative. Do y'all look at that as a negative or a positive? Because Burrow's 25 now. I think the quarterbacks hit their stride in the NFL, especially if they're uh, I don't know how many years Pickett played in college, but I feel like 24, 25 is when a lot of players really start to hit their stride in the NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow was older coming out. Again, everybody has a different road to it. Um, yeah. I actually like him being a little bit older, a I little more too. maturity, a little more, you know, you know that his body is developed. Um, he's, you know, he's a strong guy. I mean, you can tell by looking at him, he's built pretty well. Um and, and, yeah, I, I think another thing that gets lost on this when we're talking about Kenny Pickett is, one, he's from Pittsburgh, where David Tepper is from. He played for the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, Matt good. Rule, we already know that Matt Rule, uh, he uh, – Has a big invited, presence, like, quarter. yeah, he tried to – He tried to get uh, Kenny Pickett to come and play quarterback at Temple when he was the – uh, coach there, so there's Kenny already Pickett all these like different connections. Out. What if the Panthers draft him at six and he goes, you know what, fuck that, I won't play for y'all. Nah. <laughs> no, he he Pulls came back. This Eli year. Manning on us. No, nah, he came back. Eli this Manning year did too. that joint, made him trade the pick. Yeah, that, that was a different situation. That's a man, though, yeah. Well, it was also a different situation cool. too when you look at, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to go to the Chargers, and rightfully so. But uh, if you look at why Pickett came back this year. He wanted to improve his draft stock. 
could have came out last year and thought that he could have um, he could have improved his draft style. And by the way, he was a Heisman finalist. So this guy really did have a tremendous he's legit, season. man. That's very yeah. Forty-two I mean, he's touchdowns. Super legit. Forty-two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Everyone is going to clown him because of his baby hands, because of his small little tiny oh, baby. Did hands. you hear this shit about his this double joint shit? You're the, yeah, are you the one that he has, a, he has a weird double jointed thumb that doesn't let his like thumb go straight when they measure it or whatever. So he's like when he's holding on to the ball, it's not an accurate measurement of how big his hands are. What was and that movie? Like, Do you remember that movie? Um it was like a spoof scary movie and the dude got the mashed potatoes and oh, yeah, scary movie the guy was a up yeah, that's like uh Kenny Pickett's hand. Yeah. Oh that's that that's actually a really good a really good one. But the uh uh, someone find a picture of that guy and we'll share it. On what my screen. other ones aren't good ones, Cody. Well, this is better. I'm just saying, this is one of the, uh, this uh, is one right, of the better right. ones. All we right. go there. All right, so tell us about his hands and his cripple hands. No, and, and th- this is the last thing I want to say. Don't move on to, to the next calls. If, as Panther fans, you of all people should be able to sniff through the bullshit here when you look at all that we've been through this year with Brady Christensen. And his short little T-Rex arms, that wouldn't be enough to let him play left tackle? Like, come on. It is obvious that this is bullshit. And I think that there are obvious ways in which technique and form and a bunch of different things can allow you to be a successful NFL quarterback, even if your hands aren't as big as you might want them to be. But the mashed potatoes are great. Next call. (laughs) Hey, guys. Joey again. Cover me for a second, please. Holy shit. For some reason, I did not know Tom Brady retired today. <laughs> Which, you know, and yeah, I said in the comments, I, I would have to say he's my favorite non-Panther because of the fact that, I mean, the dude went to a new team. Okay. Okay, he'd been with the Patriots for, what, 19 years, 20 years, however many. The dude goes to a new team, and the dude wins the Super Bowl. And he's like 40, he, he was 44 when he won the, the Super Bowl. Was he 43 or 44? I think he was 43. Anyway, he was old as hell for the NFL. And he won the Super Bowl at 43. And he and he was pretty close at forty four as well. I mean his, I mean, that was it was kind of weird. It was it was kind of odd how the division game ended between them and the Rams. I figured the Rams would beat them, but um, the so yeah, like now that Tom Brady retires, okay, and it got me thinking that. The Jags have the number one pick, and they don't need a quarterback. So now that's wor- they got me worried because the Saints and the Bucks have some pretty good players that they probably ain't going to end up trading. So who's to say the Bucks won't trade? I don't know Chris Godwin and Levante David to the Jags for first round pick to bump up to number one, get a quarterback. 
or the Saints won't trade some of their point like Cam Jordan or Latimer Latimer to the um to the Jags for a first to get a quarterback. Yeah, dude, we're competing with two division rivals, including our most hated one. Anyway, guys. Yeah, I, that's one of the narratives that hasn't gotten talked about much that I think needs to is that Atlanta could very easily take a quarterback. Uh, as Joey said, the Saints might, you know, feel a little itchy to want to move up and go get a quarterback if they start trading players away. Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, and now no more Tom Brady in Tampa, and now they have a bunch of cap problems. Our division is wide open. Right. Like, even, even for as bad as the Panthers are, it's like, Dude, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to compete with all the talent that we've acquired on this football team. Um, you know, with that said, I don't know, man. Uh, this 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 draft is going to be one of the more interesting in recent history yep. because there's a lot of different options available to the Panthers, right? That are still on the table, even more so than last year. You right. know, we could reasonably take an offensive lineman. We could reasonably take a quarterback. Or we could easily uh, easily go best player available and just, you know, take Kyle Hamilton if he's on the board. Now, yeah. Fitter alluded that that kind of wouldn't happen. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's really anybody's guess at this point. Um, and I would just be careful of, of people judging some of these players a little bit too early without doing a deep dive into what they do well. So people are afraid of arm talent and hand size with Kenny Pickett. I wouldn't worry about either of those. I mean, based on what I've seen of the film, and we'll probably do a film review on him sometime this week. But even Malik Willis says as well, if that guy has all the traits that you want from a franchise quarterback, and I, I don't know, it'll it'll be interesting going forward. Uh, what say you guys? Um, I think I'll, I'll tell you this. I think it's almost a certainty the Saints are going to trade away their players and uh, some draft picks to move up um, for just the simple fact they do need a quarterback and they are in cap hell and a half. Right. Um, and so Sean Payton has basically said, all right, well, we we ran up the debt and I'm out. Like, I'm not going to be here for you guys to have to pay it back. And then it's coming back on me as being a bad coach. Cause we can't compete because we don't have the talent. Right. Um, so I, I think that uh, that's almost a certainty that they're going to be trading away some some pretty important pieces um, in order to be able to move up and get that quarterback that they're you know that they're wanting to build around from that point. Um, so yeah, I mean I think uh, again it's it's one of these things where I think we've we've really set ourselves up for failure um, the way that we've handled things. Um, you know, focusing solely on the thing like number one, not having a quarterback already not having an offensive line, like we're damned if we do damned if we don't, if we go offensive line, well, now we're going to be still needing a quarterback and these other guys are going to have a quarterback, but they already maybe have all these other pieces. So they're going to be ahead of us again, even though they're in the start of a rebuild, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these teams. Um, Whereas if we take a quarterback, well, we're still back at the same position of not possibly having an offensive line to protect that quarterback. And we're still not able to, you know, do anything to compete. So I, it's, it's a tough situation all the way around. Um, I don't think that it's, I, I could see it being a lose, lose or a win, win, depending on, on who's left on the board. All right. Next call. Well, C3 podcast, JSU. Um, I take on the quarterbacks this year. 
Willis, he's just uh, Cam Noon 2.0. I'm not – he don't excite me. Oh, uh, honestly, I wasn't even excited when we did draft the Cam. I didn't I didn't want Cam. Cam Newton? Um, but Clawson, he, he was he was a red, red flag. Oh, God. Uh, we should have went free agency and got a quarterback. But, um, Willis, How are we supposed no, to not, listen to this call? I don't want to take him. I will not be watching the Panthers. This year, if we do pick up Willis, whatever his name is, Pickett, yeah. I'm hyped about Pickett. If we move back, uh, if we do want a quarterback like Pickett, I can see the Broncos, they don't uh, pick up Rodgers. I can see the Broncos picking them up. I could see the Washington football team picking them up. Yeah. Like either you want them at six or you picks. don't. I mean, we wasted all the picks for last year by grabbing a boatload of cornerbacks. So we we lost picks. We trying to gain picks. It don't make sense. Um, right now, we need a quarterback. We need protection as well. What will it hurt if we do? All right, good call. Other than the I didn't want Cam part. By the way, you're like, the how can you say that? Well, actually, he might just be an on. He's being honest, but like in theory, in retrospect, like we gotta reevaluate if we're looking at Blaine Gabbert as cooler. As a long-term prospect than Cam Newton. No, what are you saying? By the way, you compare Gardner Minshew to Cam Newton. That's what I'm saying. No, I do not. I, yes, it's personality you do. You, only. Cool, it's right, all. But you misread that. It's like about like cool pizzazz swag he got going on. That's what I mean when I say he's white Cam. Is like he is a guy that comes out and sets trends. Dude, did you see? There's a video floating around on the internet, and like he's like using a samurai sword right now. Who? Uh, Men Minshew. Like he's like doing a like a samurai exercise. That's what I'm saying. Is like Cam Newton is ahead of us, you know. And he, I mean, that's what like, I mean by he's white Cam. Like if you look at his style, his swag, his drip, he's got Cam drip to him. He's a white. He's got white he drip. It's man. like Joe really... Burrow. Like Joe Burrow no. got drip. No, yes. Joe, no, yeah, but whoa, those whoa, whoa, two are not whoa, comparable. Whoa. Oh, don't just come you around. You are not going to compare oh Gardner Minshew to Joe Burrow, dude. No, no, what I'm saying is this is you're, you're too equating drip to just success. No, you're talking about Drip style. is like an attitude. Yes. It's like Joe an attitude. I'm too old to get involved in this conversation. <laughs> I'm older <laughs> than you, Grant. No, but Tony. No, I don't want to hear this bullshit. You are just you're just equating drip to success, and that's not no, the same not. thing. It's like more than that. It's like swag. He's not like first of all. All right, he so doesn't I'm have historic. the bravado that translates on field. He doesn't have it, man. Oh my gosh, you just he has all the bravado. He just doesn't have the on field translation. The reason hey, man ain't got no drip, dude. The reason he got this, he got the on field. The reason you compared Malik Willis. Nah, get out of here. No, the like, reason, no, no, the no, 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 no. The reason, what's up. no, the reason that he compared Malik Willis to Cam Newton is that they have ridiculous arm talent 
And no, he said really, I didn't really like mobile. him. He said they I didn't like him. That's my only problem. What's that got to do with what I'm saying? I just said no, I'm upset. Like, is, if you just say you don't like Cam, then I ain't down. No, the caller made a comparison of, Meek, uh, of uh, Malik Willis to Cam Newton. And even though one's a lot taller, it's not a bad comparison when you look at how they play. He also, uh, he originally was at Auburn before he transferred to Liberty. So, hey, man, it's not a bad comparison. It's better than Minshew. To Cam Newton in any kind of way, dude. I'm on Jason's side. <laughs> so uh John Kelshaw says, Does Pickett have drip? And I would say oh, yes. 100. I got a reason. Like, I mean, this guy got so much drip, you don't even know what to do with it. You know why? He is they they created a fucking rule for him. Does that like mean Brady the NCAA, has the fake slide rule, that was Pickett. Do you remember in the ACC championship game? Fuck, boom! He's running. He's six foot three. He is balling, and he fake slides. Yeah, and the defender pulls up because he don't want a flag. And then my man took it to the house. I was wondering why quarterbacks never did that. Right, but it's like, and he did it with so smooth. Like, you know what I'm saying? They made a goddamn rule after him. So, yeah. Dumb. Bam. But they didn't change the rule. New white cam. New white cam. New white cam. New white cam. Yeah. Cringe. Cringe. No, it's not at all, man. It's fucking amazing. Like, I mean, like, that's the best thing about cam is that he had the swag. Yeah, but no so one that's compares what I, when I say to Cam. White Cam, it's just like a, it's a version of swag. It's a version of that that's like admirable. It's a good quality to have. It's admirable, but I don't like the comparison. Like here, all right. Do you remember this? All right. Do you remember last time in our debate, my take when we put that corny, nerdy ass picture of Sam Darnold? Yeah. Uh. And Kyle oh, Allen, Josh and they were like, ah, oh, they might as well have been in a barbershop quartet together. Barbershop quartet together. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're in a musical. They ain't got no drip, Holmes. I just like, I will hang out with Kenny Pickett and my boy Gardner Minshew all day over them cats. That's what I'm saying. And I'm sorry they're white, but they got white boy drip. I love it's it. It's a white boy summary, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> I just Ooh, watched them. They're cool ass motherfuckers, man. Like the the brothers, we didn't like them. <laughs> I am. If you say so. Very glad you mentioned that people are taking this Christian McCaffrey injury way too far. Yes. I, I Thank tried you. to explain to people the same thing you just said, and I'm very happy that you agree with me on that. I do. I mean, I'm not even lying. When you said that, I, you don't understand the biggest smile that went on my face. People have been I going crazy it. about it. Like, oh, he's done. He's done. Him, but I don't think people understand how much he changes our offense and how much of a pressure reliever he'll be on a rookie quarterback or the next quarterback, <laughs> even if it's Sam. I mean, he's so much better he played. I mean, it's not that it's the McCaffrey show. It's. It opened up so many more outs for Robbie and DJ and Tommy Tremble when he gets rolling next year. It makes the offensive line look better. They don't have to block as long. I'm not saying offensive line is not a need because it definitely is. But he's a huge asset 
You know, when he's healthy, he's a top ten player in the league. You just right. can't trade that because of you know minor injuries. They're not, and you ain't going to get no trade value. Number like one, a big contract, and it's not the same injury that's reoccurring. He is. I mean, you can an argue asset right now to the common eye. Yeah, he is injury prone, but most people you consider injury prone have the major injuries that are reoccurring. Yep. Or they affect the play, like Saquon. Dehabilitating injuries. You can see in McCaffrey's play, he's not changing his play. He's still dominant. So, I don't know. I just called to say thank you for bringing I like it. I can, like can, it. Can, can, I, can I hop on? Yeah, please. Listen, here's the problem I think is, I think people are taking this as, I think Christian McCaffrey, is, his injury is going to change him or it's a bad injury. It's not that. It's the fact that he's missed 18 games over the last two and a half, two years. That's what that's what gets me. It's not a matter of the injury being severe; it's the being prone to getting injured. Do you You're think right. though that He's kind good. of the protection though of him missing games is like if we were in the playoffs, he would be playing. Like they put him on. I, I won't say prematurely put him on IR, but like it's like this. It's like we know. At the time you're healthy. All right, so they put a bunch of guys on IR in the last couple of weeks, and you're like, damn, man, they just got an ankle sprain. But they just know that, like, it's a two-week injury, and there's only two weeks left of football. So for them, it's an eight-week injury. There's only six weeks left of football. We're going to fuck them all up, and we ain't going to make the playoffs anyway. I feel like some of him not playing has been us protecting him. And that if we were really in the hunt in like going to the Super Bowl next week, he would be getting he would be getting play time. Maybe. I mean, yeah, they said I, I don't disagree. When he's in the offense, he's great. And you're right. Maybe that is kind of the point. But when did he go out? He went out when we were still in a wild card spot at that point, right? Oh yeah, but like we were in a wild, but that was like week. F- Man, it was so early. Like, yeah. it was so early. I forgot what the injury... I don't even know why he was put on IR. I think what it was, was the, the injury? Ham- was it... No, yeah, was it really? And the ankle the second time. Yeah. I, was. That yeah. Was, I feel like those were last year's injuries. We're just repeating. Hmm. Not and, and, you. You know, I'm not questioning you, but I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, what the fuck was his injury? Yeah. And then when I said ankle and hamstring, and then it was... Sh- like those all felt like last year to me. So they're all that's a, like who what is the real ass injury mm-hmm. is a question for me. And he is like the golden boy. He's like the million dollar man. You like you don't take the car, you don't take the Lamborghini or the Ferrari out of the garage unless you got the big date that you know what I'm saying? Like he don't let you just take that to the to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You better be taking your prom date in that car. And I don't think we can trade him. And I think this is, I think he could be a balling ass motherfucker still. So I won't sleep. Don't sleep on Christian McCaffrey. Don't sleep on him just yet. All right. Let's go to the next call. Yeah. Hey, this is Raleigh Lee. I'm generally on here watching you guys. I'm a big fan. Thank you for your support. Uh, First time caller. Uh, Man, Raleigh. Uh oh. Uh Sitting here watching you guys oh, nice. debate about what we're going to do about the season. Matt Rule needs to go before we make this pick. True. True. Uh, oh, good point. I don't think he's got the ability for the drafting in the NFL. He doesn't understand it. He's a college coach. Um, basically, 
This Bar brings Matt up rule. such a good discussion right Keep now. Keep pounding. And with Matt Rule, <laughs> we ain't going to do it. Thank you, guys. I man, appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for your call, man. We appreciate your support and a fantastic call because it unfortunately leads us into a big, large discussion and it's late and we still got to have it. I'm telling you this is what happens this. He said, are you going to let Matt rule pick this pick? So we're sitting here. We've been talking about Pickett. We've been talking about Willis. We've been talking about all this. Imagine Matt Rule makes this pick. We get that guy, and it doesn't work out. Like, he doesn't work out. And they clean. Like, we don't want to be Josh. He does. Is that, is Kenny Pickett Josh Rosen? I mean. And not because of the player, but because of the circumstances. Imagine being, if we picked a pick at six, Matt Rule gets screwed. Not screwed, just like fucks up and gets fired. Well, and then you bring in a new regime. What are they going to do? They're going to bring in a new, like, oh my God. Like, do you want Matt Rule making the pick? I think is the question the caller was asking. Are you, do you think Matt Rule would make the pick of Kenny Pickett? Is the, is, is really the question because the thing is, if, if, that's if the that's only who, pick I think saves his job. So unless they the, go and get, I think Carr, hmm, I bet maybe. you the Panthers target Carr. Maybe, but okay. So, but if, if that's his only pick that can save his job and we all kind of agree that that's kind of the pick that we, we could live with, then it really doesn't matter if rules there or not. If that's the pick that's you know going to be made or we think it's the best, but option, you burn right? a guy. What I'm saying is this is like how many quarterbacks have been picked like that and then get burned and toasted, not because they were good or bad, but because they were part of the last regime. Mm, yeah. You know, like two was two is done. Josh Rosen's done. I'm being like, what are some other quarterbacks that? I mean, there's got to be some other quarterbacks that have gotten toasted in this kind of GM coach shuffle. True. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. To me, the whole thing is a non-discussion. If you didn't trust Matt Rule to make these decisions, you should have fired his ass. Right. He shouldn't amen, even be amen, here right now. So no, yes. it, nothing needs to change. No, it, there needs to be. Oh no, we're gonna stop Matt Rule from doing this Ooh. or this. Or, oh, he doesn't draft a quarterback in this scenario. No, dude, it's all bullshit. He's the guy that you gave the keys to the kingdom to. And if you didn't want him making those types of big decisions, then you shouldn't have had him in that position to begin with, or you should have already fired him. Now, what I do think is that Scott Federer will be much more in charge of this free agent and draft cycle than it's Matt a, Rule was in the I past. Agree. At least that's what I'm I hoping. I think you can look at this uh, question and answer from uh, Darren Darren Gantenham, and yeah. I feel like he is a little bit more assertive. And he said this one thing. He said, I just got here three days ago last year when they were going into the, what what's the senior bowl or whatever? that they're doing right now. Like, he's like, I was only here three days on the job. He said, I got to evaluate the coaches. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to wonder, like, I feel like Federer's had a little bit more to say about these assistant coaching hires and their attributes. I think that he has been in tune with this. And I think, you know what? And kudos to Matt rule. If he's swallowing his medicine, 
and taking some kind of heeding some guidance at this point. Kudos to him. Like, that's what it's going to take to turn around. If it can be turned around, I think we have to really, I think we're seeing some breadcrumbs of like tonight's show. Is Matt, has Matt Rule learned his lesson? I think he might have a little bit. I think he's, and maybe he hasn't learned it, but he's been taught it. How about that? Maybe. Maybe. I think it's true. I think I'm on to something. All right, next call. Two two more, and then we're done. Hey, guys. Joey again uh, for the third time. Just Joey, ask, third uh, time. We're trying to go to bed. There's, like, some changes in the front office about, like, apparently we have a team president now. And some, oh, some I saw this. Dude is out. Like, he went to go do something else. Uh, I found that out while I was actually eating at Hardee's. Hardee's, uh, yeah, the big bring that up. Fake burgers. I don't know if y'all forgot about it. Changes. All right, so here's a. um, Or you probably remember now, but this meeting. All right, I got you. So, um, uh, source. This is according to CarolinaPanthers.com or Panthers.com. Changes in executive leadership. Tepper Sports and Entertainment made a change in leadership Tuesday with several existing executives taking on new roles. Nick Kelly has been appointed chief executive officer. Tom Glick. Kelly was like, have they been demoting anybody? Is there really anything part of this story? It really feels like this is like administrative shit. Am I missing something? You, You guys tell me. Okay. I don't think about it. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um looks like uh the guy who's representing Budweiser has changed. Next call. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? G. It's G Cavassier. How y'all doing, man? What's up, G? Hey, man. I've been watching, you know what I'm saying, TV Life and everything and looking online and everything. Family problems. Life and why problems. in the hell they, oh, they people are predicting the Panthers to draft that damn corner out of uh, Cincinnati? Uh, yeah. You know, to me, that's that's a no. I'm like, we just drafted a corner last year. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I forgot this dude's name. And then some people are saying we should draft that damn safety out of Notre Dame. I forgot his damn name too, man. But that hey, that dude is nasty as hell. He's a good ass damn safety. You put him back there with Jeremy Jeremy Chin. That 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 that. Remember that my man's man, name like, though. But uh. Give me a give me a takes on that man, and I don't see us picking a, a left tackle from the first round. I don't. I have I'm sold on Brady Christensen, and I am. We need a left guard, if any damn thing. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sold on Brady, man. How y'all think about that? Let me know, man. Keep pounding. What do you think about um, the stories coming out about safeties? Look, you even heard Scott Federer come in the question and answer say. Safeties are cool, but I don't necessarily put them in the top 10. So how does yeah. that reflect to G's call right here? Like he feels better about some things, but has some question marks around the secondary there. What do you do? Well, I mean, I, I think if we're, if we pick a secondary member, I mean, look, I understand Kyle Hamilton. That would be fantastic for a defense, but. Uh, I mean, if you go Ahmad Gardner, 
or Kyle Hamilton. I mean, listen, we've already spent so much on defense. It, it's it's really silly to not have us take some kind of offensive weapon in this draft. Guys, I, already, I, I, I really do believe that. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. I was going to say we're already number two on defense, y'all. We can't get that much better. I right? know. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. If you pick defense there, I'm going to be pissed at Matt Rule, <laughs> who has just been telling me his defensive dick is so big. Yeah, him and Phil Snow, man. So like I'm tired. Ta- nah, man, Phil Snow's fine in the background. I ain't got no problems with him. But like you can't come back to us and keep saying this. Oh, we're so close. We're so close. We're so close. We're so close. We got this two defense. Like this is why I should have my job. And it's a fraudulent two number two mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. It's fraudulent, dude. Mm-hmm. It was not the number two defense in the league. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> not by any means. <laughs> Like I just watched it. I just watched it. It's not, and you can make a bunch of goddamn excuses for it, but they were not badass. First three games they were. You think so, Cody? Were they badass? I mean, if you say, oh, you, what did you say, Greg? The first three games. First three games, yeah, they were pretty badass. What, oh, against the Jets, the Houston Texans, and the our Saints. defense was great Fuck earlier, that. but they also fell All apart. Right. They fell apart against lesser teams this year. So, I mean, they again, fell apart hey, they, from week one, from week three on. I'll, I'll say I'm this. not saying they stunk. I'm not saying they stunk, but let's not act like if we just would have had a quarterback, that shit would have been better. I'm sorry. This defense was overrated. And by the way, there's like 10 of these motherfuckers that ain't going to be on the team next year. Well, we'll see how we're able to spend it. We need a few different players, man. That's why Not, like, we went over the free agency. Shit. There's so many the Panthers to do because right, you need call. picks. Let's go, let's brothers, go. How y'all doing? Oh no, that was the last call. Well, let me get this point out then, right before we go to, to ice ups. And the defense was great, Cody. I'm sitting here looking at the PFF ranks, which I like to. I, that's a good gauge for me. We have one, two, three players on our entire defense that are in the top 32, which means they're number one in their position. Three players that are in the top 32. (laughs) And nobody in the top 10. Bro, our defense is fraud. It's a fraud. It's a little fraudulent. It's a fraud, man. Look, is that we got a fraudulent pro bowler going in and Stefan Gilmore. I'm telling you. Like, I'm not saying the defense is going to suck next year. Not saying that. Like, we can add Horn back. Maybe he's going to be full steam. That's going to make a lot of difference. Like, that's going to be dope. You know, you can add some pieces, this and that. But if, like, Hassan Reddick, like, what is going to change next year? A lot of questions. I just don't all of a sudden go, oh, this defense is going to be nasty. Are you going to draft the Carolina Panthers defense in your fantasy football league? Nope. Not sure. No, well, maybe that maybe is for sacks only. Take a defensive player. Yeah, know, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, right, maybe, 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 not a question that. How about that? Again, like, ask this and ask this about the Panthers defense. Like, what position group is there not a question? Uh, well, Gilmore was 12th, he a cornerback. He's gone, a, he's not gonna a, be on the team no more. Then no, you don't know that. He's gonna be you part. Don't know that. I bet he'll be back before Dante Jackson's back, and yeah. I think that they are gonna keep Gilmore. All right, so you're corners. saying cornerback is not a question, 
But you're no, guessing um, we're going to find a solution. What I'm saying is this, is there's not a single level of that defense yeah, that doesn't have real questions facing it. Yeah. Our, our secondary is the best part of our defense, I could say. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but there's real questions when, when facing JT it. When J.T. Horn comes back, yeah. There's a lot of questions facing it. You what, Who's your safety? Who's your safety? Uh, and you know what I'm saying? Like, what is, is there's real take, questions. Uh, like, it, like, it could be a strength, but it could also not be. I'm telling you. Don't be sleeping. Don't. Don't count on that defense was a fraudulent number two. Yep, I agree. I don't know how the numbers. I would put the fucking, I would put like five different defenses up in Panthers history against that one and say, I want these guys to play. All right, let's do this. We're done. We're done. Nah, but like, you're just mad. All right, we're done. Get out of here. You, who you want to ice up? I am icing up um, Dan Snyder and the Washington football team. Well, I should say, I should say, formerly known as the Washington football team. Because if you don't know, tomorrow they're releasing the new name for the Washington mascot and who the Washington football team is going to rebrand as. And it's been this big secret. That really hasn't been a secret at all. The name has been leaked for a long time now. But more importantly, they're trying to make it this big, you know, surprise that happens tomorrow. But they don't do a very good job at hiding it. As local Washington people have already been able to spot this. Workers were already in the building putting stuff up. And lo and behold, everybody can see the brand new name of the football team, the Washington Commanders. Oh, wow. Smart. And the everybody is, always wins. The internet everybody, wins. Everybody. Thank but you. it's all, it's also like, hey, you couldn't have smart. had your workers. No, hold on. You couldn't have had your workers come in at the crack ass of dawn early in the morning and put all this stuff up. Like, you're really... You're you're trying to make it out to be a surprise, and there is literally no surprise to this at all whatsoever. Um, I just think it's funny. They put out their outfits, and I do have to say their uniforms. I don't hate them. I, they don't look as look as bad as uh, as you might think. I thought I saved. Them. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Tell me what you think of these. Uh... I'm telling you this: the internet always wins, bro. Yeah, it always it, wins. So, like, I don't even care. Like, it's going to be like, if you don't want to see it, don't get on the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to. These are their new jerseys. What do you even like about wait, them? But, but if they if they release these jerseys and it says Commanders on it, wouldn't you? Or, or did they do that after this was? No, so uh, this uh, is. So uh, no, no, no. So this is a Washington account. I've had these for a few days. Didn't want to be the first to leak anything. But since it's everywhere, I might as well share. It's consistent with everything since else. Since this guy made. took a picture Still of Still hoping it's the greatest misdirection washer. ever because this doesn't reflect a 90-year-old franchise at all. I, think I don't know. People are on them. I got nothing to like about them. Don't like them at all. All right. So ice them up. Ice them up. Ice up to Dan Snyder. Who you got, Greg? Uh, 
I'm trying to decide between two. I'll just go with the quick one because it's late. Uh, I might snap whoever leaked Tom Brady was retiring from his camp because that's fucked up, man. Mm. This uh, I I don't like Tom Brady because he beat us in Super Bowls, but I can't deny how great the guy is, and he deserves to say that, make that announcement himself without somebody else leaking that out, and that's pretty fucked up that somebody did that. It had to be somebody close to him. I mean, he, you, you can't imagine he tells somebody that that he would suspect would leak it, right? Or, or am I wrong about this? Wouldn't you feel like he would want to announce that? Yeah, they definitely yeah. stole the thunder. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Internet I hate to see Internet that for wins. him because I, I feel like he should have gotten that moment. But to whoever leaked that, more my eyes up. Um, I got a couple eyes up. So it's like a list of eyes ups. Number one <laughs> is to um, at King Woman. Who, um, and you know what? I deserve this. Like, you know, coming at me, like I said, this is after Matt Rule made his latest hire, and all of his assistant coaches now have 10 years of experience, basically, or more in the NFL. Do you remember that show we did like two months ago where I made you guys, I showed you their bios for every one of the play, mm-hmm. the coaches? that were on Matt Rule's staff. And I have continued to tell you that I believe that Matt Rule reads the headlines more than anybody. You know, like he reacts to it. And in jest, tongue-in-cheek, I put out uh, this tweet that said, convince Matt Rule listens to our podcast. Miss me with the hate, hashtag I believe. And this person, uh, at King Woman, says... I listen to a ton of podcasts and I don't, and I even, and even I don't listen to you. And then she puts up like this crying joint, which is fine. Like, it's like, all right, she's like icing me up with poor ass grammar. It's okay. Um, and a nice bag, like, just give us a listen. It's okay. So I'm going to ice you up because if you go back and listen to the podcast, I swear to Christ, for a long time, I was saying his assistants don't have any experience. It's not him not having experience. So I would suggest listening to the podcast. The next ice up I got is to myself. This one's bad, folks. Like, this is the most cold ice you got to throw at yourself. Bad, 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 bad. So when I started this podcast a while back and we were trying to figure out the name, it's Rushed Carolina Cat Chronicles. You know what I'm saying? Like we were trying not to use the Carolina Panthers name in the shit because we were worried that we'd get sued because people would care about us. What we should have been worried about is people caring about us. (laughs) Not getting sued by the Panthers. So I left like the Carolina Panthers and the name intentionally all of this. Uh, on top of that, uh, all of us have mental issues, or at least I believe we do. We're like insecurities. And so like when I take a picture, like I need to do something like I'm trying to make a pose or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to do this. So for the last, this is, I'm so embarrassed about this. I'm so embarrassed about this. For the last, like, eight years since I started this podcast, I've called it C3, right? Uh You've heard it. C3. 
So when I take pictures of people and you know you have that uncomfortable joint, like you know, like you're trying to look cool, you're trying to do your thing, you know, like you like you, what do you do? You pose, you do this, you do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to take a picture with somebody. I have for three years for eight years, eight years thrown I tried at once to throw the C and the three at the same time and it was too much. So for like the last seven years, I've thrown a three up when I take a picture for C3 for our podcast. Well, it turns out this is a goddamn white supremacist symbol. Oh, oh I feel some type of way about this. Oh, no. right. Like, so I didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I didn't want to do the peace symbol. Like, I saw, like, when I do a picture, I'm trying to take a picture of my boys and stuff. And I have anxiety. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot coming on. Like, say you're trying to look good in a picture, you're trying to do this. You don't want to just be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have a, for a long time, I was like, oh, for the podcast, I'm going to throw up a three. Three. Three, I'm telling you this. I've been doing this for God forsaken years, bro. And I saw a picture and um so I go my local watering hole. They have like a professional photographer who comes out there every weekend. You know what I'm saying? He takes pictures and they post it on social media. And somebody sent me a picture and they didn't say anything. And they no not a single person has been like, Oh, you're fucking with us. Right. Like if you see my and I was like, wait, that was funny. And then I was reading a story about people doing the okay. And I was like, oh my God. Look, I have trouble. Look, look at this. I can't do the three like this with my left hand. And I'm left hand. Like my I can't get it. So I do this is how I do a three. Oh my God. I have been so embarrassed. Like I'm shame myself for fucking hours. I'm like feeling cool. I'm like, oh, duh, duh, duh. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be a proud boy. I'm unproud of him. Time. I hate this. I'm so sad that I have been that. No, that can I listen? I have to jump in on this. I've been thinking about this for a long time since I've heard of it. For as long as you and I have both lived. That symbol meant A-OK. When someone said, hey, you good for it? Boom. You threw up that symbol. Why do we it bow? It meant C3 like, podcast no, 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 no. for me. Why do like we this. bow? No, 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 no. no Why do we doing. bow? Why do we bow like bitches to the least amongst us? The uh, Here comes this white supremacist and said, oh, this is a white supremacist symbol. And the populace at large is like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what that means. No, it fucking doesn't, man. It doesn't mean white supremacy. For as long as we all have lived, that meant A-OK. And just because the least among us want to claim symbols for their own, it doesn't mean that we have to bow down to them and give it to give it to them. We have to reclaim this shit, or else they're going to start coming from a whole bunch of innocuous symbols and start to turn them racist as well. Tony, we you have, you have, Tony, you have done not a damn thing wrong. You throw them motherfucking trees up you to put, represent I, the I look so cool, Bro, too, in the pics. I'm at the bar. Cool. My hair is flowing. I got fly clothes handsome. on. I'm, like, looking good. And I just did this. They took my picture. I was just like, and I just threw a three. 
Yeah, dude. All I meant was C3. I swear to God, I've been doing this for years. We are not doing. It's bowing down to white supremacists. Uh, that is not a racist symbol. You're still cool with Tony Don. Throw I don't want to be. I don't want to be misinterpreted. Oh fuck them, bunch of pussies. No uh, one here is racist against any kind of person for anything at all, man. I think that except for if of, your name is Matt Rule. <laughs> I think that anybody who meets you, Tony, would realize immediately that you're not a white supremacist. I'm just, I know. You don't seem to fit the profile. Man, do you know how um, like crazy it is? Like if you knew, like you're like, oh, this is my family clan, and it's a it's a fucking swastika. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Oh, by the way, by the way, and like this is a this is a much larger example. This is a much larger example, but the swastika before the Nazis took that symbol as theirs, it was a universal symbol for like peace and love. It's on shrines in Japan. I want to be the guy that. It's on shrines oh, in Japan. It's on. There are Native American symbol. people. There are Native American people that hold that that symbol sacred. <laughs> and dude, I'm just saying we we got to start reclaiming some shit. Look man. at this, Kevin. Look at what Kevin says. He knows. He he said, "I know you are not a white supremacist when you're gay for Cam." Yeah, you're gay for camp. Yeah, I mean, it's How true. I mean, it's and I've said it since. <laughs> that's a man that's listened to this podcast from the beginning who knows who I am. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to get your thoughts on uh, the Carolina Panthers as we go forward. How about this? I was looking at some other podcasts. People, didn't I, I shame this other person for talking shit about our podcast? She was like, oh, I ain't even heard of your joint. I promise you Matt Rule listens to us because I'm telling you he is backlashing against the fans. If he don't listen to us, he listens to headlines, number two. The second thing is, or the third thing is, you need to listen to us at King whatever you were. I don't even remember your name, but you better listen to us. Number four, Kevin knows me. I am am a camsexual. All about that life. All about that life. And you number also, five, you also masturbate to Minshew, but that's a whole nother. Oh. That's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, who no, no, I gangbang bitches with Minshew, bro. We oh yeah, that's right. Nah, fuck with that. He's cool as fuck. Don't don't underestimate my man. Oh, we need to get the fuck out. The last thing is ball. is we gotta get the fuck out of here. It's so late that we have look this bit. This person was talking shit to me about how they didn't. She was like, I "Ain't never heard of your podcast." Well, I was like, "I didn't say all this," but it's like, "God damn, we had a hundred and fifty people watching this shit live." hundred, yep. like that's dope as fuck. We got the best community ever. Shout the late night crew out, Cody. Oh, some late night shout outs. So you're talking about our homeboys like Gator Country, Ja Rule, Joey the Flying Panther, John Kolashov, Kevin Boshoven, Panthers Rule, Paul Mancini, Rockhead 81, Seth Robinson, Tim Estes, to the C3 family. That's it for the C3 Panthers podcast. You know we're going to be back for a lit Friday free-for-all Friday at 7 p.m. 
There's also going to be some film review this week at some point. So hit that notification bell for every single time we go live. Now, if you pardon us, but these old men have to sign out for the night. Until yeah, next time, hurry. Panther Nation, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.